Though Kevin has evidenced 23 personalities to his trusted psychiatrist, Dr. Fletcher, there remains one still submerged who is set to materialize and dominate all of the others. Compelled to abduct three teenage girls led by the willful, observant Casey, Kevin reaches a war for survival among all of those contained within him, as well as everyone around him, as the walls between his compartment shatter. Welcome to another installment of Midnight Double Feature, and on this episode, we're going to be doing 2016 Split, directed by M. Night Shyamalan. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Midnight Double Feature. Uh, Zoheb, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm good, I'm good. It's uh, it's an Avo here, Avo. Sunday Avo. Uh, I can see Monday coming, which is pretty, pretty sad, but, uh, you know, what can you do? <laughs> yeah, right, same <laughs> here, dude. fucking life. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, I, I it's Saturday night here for me. I don't know. I got I got to I, I mean, because I get up outrageously early for work, so I've got to go to bed at like no later than like eight if I want to get like six hours of sleep. So I'm like, oh god, like that's, yeah, I get, that's fucking rough. Yeah, it's like I get Sunday off, but I got to go to. I, I have like a bedtime of like a twelve year old kid. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we're gonna be fucking covering split. Um, this is like th- this was one of my picks. Um, I've actually been trying to get better about picking more recent movies, which is something that. And when I kind of th- when I kind of stopped and I thought about it, which which movies that I wanted to cover that were more recent. Um, like there are a lot of them that I that I actually do want to cover that are super recent, but there's kind of this like uber nostalgia for all of the stuff that I grew up with, like fucking you know flatliners and and stuff like that, you know. But it's it's fun to dip into those. But I'm I'm trying to get better about watching like more recent movies. Um, and this is probably I think this is the most recent movie that I've bought. Uh, it, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I, 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 I nabbed it up I, I, just on a whim and picked it up and, um, and and started watching it just because, you know, I was like, whatever, I heard this is kind of cool and blah, blah, blah. But I tell you what, let's start with you. What what are your first kind of impressions with this movie? What, like, how'd you, how'd you feel about it? And like, what did you know about it going into it with this whole Shyamalama Ding Dong universe? Yeah, I'm going to keep calling him Shyamalama Ding Dong because it's just so much better to say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, uh, okay, so the trailers for this were really, really intriguing. Um, Like the entire conceit, the the premise of the story is fascinating. Like just this guy that's got all these like personalities in him and the trailer just completely hit it home. Um, Like he's uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, James McAvoy. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just spill my thoughts on him right here. Fucking outstanding in this movie. Yeah. Um, this this actually might be his best role. And this is an actor who's only kind of uh, only recently started become becoming more, more and more uh, up and coming, I guess. Uh, like he's been in movies for a while, but um, it's only sort of lately that he's just been kind of killing it. Um, I think it kind of started with uh, 2011's X-Men First Class. Yeah, um, that's like the first it, thing I saw him in. Yeah, well, he was in Wanted. Um, I, I saw him in Wanted before that, but I didn't really like him in Wanted. Um 
But yeah, I mean, this guy's—he's been killing it. Like he's—he was in. Obviously, he played Professor X in the X Men in the latest X Men stuff. Um, he was in Atomic Blonde, really, really good in that. Um, He's—he's uh, going to be in It Chapter Two, which is pretty cool. I, I know yeah. you're keen for that, man. That's. Fuck yeah, cool. dude. I, I was super excited when I heard he was on there and fucking Bill Hader, Jessica yeah. Chastain. I was like, dude, good okay, that's 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 pretty good. I wish they would have got Amy Adams, but that's a whole other story. It's okay. It's okay. I, uh, I, can't, I can't wait for Bill Hader. You know, I, I've actually fucking met Bill Hader. He's a tall bloke. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. Was, I shook hands with him. It's crazy. That's a whole story. But <laughs> no, I had no, no idea. <laughs> no, I just I just went to, um, when I was working at the cinema chain for the head office, I went to the premiere of Trainwreck, um, and he was there with Amy Schumer. Um, obviously, I was more excited to meet Bill Hader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I can't deal with Amy Schumer, but yeah. that's another story. I hate yeah, her. that's a whole it. other story. <sighs> that's, a, that's a whole other podcast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah man, <laughs> but when the trailers came out for this, um, I, I think I first saw it on Facebook, um, and I was really intrigued, man. The way they just presented the story, like this, this is kind of like kidnapping story, but the captor is not a normal person. Like he's a mentally, he's mentally kind of split his mind into twenty three different personalities. And I was like, dude, that's super interesting. Like, you know what I mean? And then I saw it was directed by M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, and I was like, okay, I'm kind of on board because. Only because um, his movie before this, uh, The Visit, I really dug. Um, have you I seen The saw Visit? That one. No, no, mm-mm. dude, it's actually surprisingly really, good, really good. Um, so M Night Shyamalan Ding Dongs. I'm just going to call him M Night. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we're never going to get. We're never going to get over yeah, that hill if we don't. There's too many syllables in Shyamalan Ding Dong, but um, <laughs> it's just it it flows so well. Like when you're, you're like Sh- M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong, like you it can't does. help it, dude. You really can't. It, it does. Uh, M Night's career is kind of really fascinating. So it started with the Sixth Sense, um, and when that came out, that uh, dude, have you seen that movie recently? That movie is. Uh, actually, I think you said once that you've never seen it, right? I've never you seen it. <laughs> son of a bitch! I know, um, dude. I I get that all the time. It's a it's a fantastic movie. Even if you do know um, how it unfolds and things like that, um, even just going back a second time and watching it, um, it, it's really it's really really well well told and well put together. Uh, at that point, um, I believe. There were outlets that were actually outright calling him the next Steven Spielberg. Oh, um, shit. Yeah. So, after that, he did Signs, uh, which I maintain is a pretty decent movie. Uh, it's 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 not amazing, but it's it still, it still tells a pretty, pretty personal story um, with this kind of, like, backdrop about aliens and things like that. Um, but then after that, his career kind of takes a, a, a left turn. Um uh, a lot of people will say that Unbreakable is amazing. I I can't get on that train with you. I'm sorry. Really? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Look, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's 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 fine. It's not everyone seems to love it. Um what I'm taking I'm I'm taking that you love it. You you really like it. 
Yeah, actually, it was funny. I've I've never you would think you know, I mean you know the kind of movies that I like, um, and I, I was around ten when that came out, and I think that would have been you know, and that's not anything that I think is I don't even think I don't think that's rated R. I mean, Split isn't rated R, which which actually kind of surprised me. It's um, pretty fucking dark, yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely pushes that PG thirteen rating, which I thought was cool. But, there, but there's not a whole lot of blood. There's not a shit ton of like violence in it. Um, but yeah, I I remember I was actually uh, sick one day, and I was uh, like. We just gotten our. We just gotten Comcast, and I was like, God, I, why do I have cable? You know, who has cable anymore? But I started flipping through, and they had free movies, and Unbreakable was on there, and I was like, you know what? I've never watched that. I'm gonna sit down and watch that. It's like, you know, I don't mind M Night Shyamalan, you know, and I I fucking loved it. Like, I I was like, dude, that's that's actually that's actually really cool. I don't like the whole play on water with that he has. I mean, that's kind of it's kind of redundant. It happens in Signs, and it happens in Unbreakable. <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, like, I, I don't know. Just kind of that, that's the only thing that kind of beat yeah. me over the head with it. But yeah, I, I definitely liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, I just, I don't know. I, I think I was coming at it from the other way. Um, everyone, a lot of people kind of hyped it up. And I was like, okay, I kind of got to say this. And then afterwards, I was just like, oh, yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, the sort of only sort of redeeming thing for me, I, I outright really don't like Bruce Willis in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I just can't deal with him. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't really like him in it, and because the movie's really centered around his character, I was like, oh, "Yeah, I'm, I'm good." Uh, but there are some, you know, moments of greatness, mostly coming from Samuel L. Jackson's character. Um, sorry, I, I do apologize. Unbreakable comes before Signs, but um, after that, he made The Village, which I think is okay. Uh, a lot of people seem to hate it. Have you checked that one out? Um, I think I saw it maybe like once. I think mm. it's. I mean, it's okay. It's kind of forgettable. You know, it's. Yeah, it it's, definitely is forgettable. But I, I'd never forget the twist. Yeah, it's it's kind it's kind of an interesting twist. But it reminds me of. I guess it it reminds me just of a few books that I've read when I was a kid. The Giver kind of uh, reminding mm, me of The yeah. Giver a little bit, and a, and a few other books that were like that. Um, but uh, like all in all, I I think that. I, th- I think M. Night Shyamalan gets a – I think he gets a lot of bad rap. I mean, I uh, did you ever see Devil when Devil came out? I, um, I was just about to get to that. <laughs> so, okay. So after The Village, um, that's that's when his career took a real nosedive. So um, after that, he did Lady in the Water. Um, and then I think uh, what might be the worst movie in his, uh, in his resume, The Happening, um, mm-hmm. he made The Last Airbender, which is a terrible but – it's actually more to me. It's more super disappointing just because I really like the cartoon. Um, mm-hmm. I was like really stoked for that movie back, back in the day. I was like, God damn, yeah, they're making the last Airbender. Wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, it was dog shit. Um, After Earth uh, with Will Smith and his son. That wasn't great either. Ooh. Uh, yeah, had some really good concepts, but mm, no. Um, but then uh, he he did the. Uh, I believe he did Devil. Um, well, he didn't direct the devil. He he produced it. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah. He, but that was that was okay. Not you know, not nothing to write home about. Um, but the visit was definitely his sort of like comeback, and that was only in 2015. Um, and the the visit was just outstanding. I thought um, I was really surprised by how well it was sort of how well it was directed um, and the tension and things like that. Uh, one thing I've noticed, uh, M. Night is more... He, he's, he works really well with children actors, child actors. Um, 
Like you, you haven't seen The Sixth Sense, but uh, the child actor in that is great. Uh, the kid actors in Signs, uh, in The Visit, in this movie as well. I wouldn't say these girls are kids, but you know they're they they they're younger act- actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it was. I was I was kind of stoked for this movie, um, but when I saw it, I was kind of disappointed. Um, it, it was just. It wasn't what I was expecting. Uh, it didn't go the way I was expecting, which is which is not a, a knock on the movie. It's more kind of me tempering my expectations, kind of thing. But at the same time, I was just like, "Why? Why? Why did we have to go this route?" Um, and look, I, I was not, I was not expecting the um, the the connection to Unbreakable, and um, at that point, Glass hadn't been announced. Um, so I, I didn't really have a vested interest in that at all, but um, it was it was a cool kind of like teaser. Um, but I'm not I'm not too sure what direction we're heading in with Glass either. So um, this movie was okay, uh, but this time around on a second watch, definitely loved it a bit more. Um, and that's that's the thing with M Night's movies; they do tend to get better on a second watch, um, especially like his earlier ones, like Signs and The Sixth Sense and things like that. So there are there are kind of like little nuggets of dialogue that you miss the first time around and things like that that you appreciate more on the second watch, um, knowing that the story is going to go in the direction that it does. Um, but other than that, man, I think this kind of falls in the middle of uh, M Night's kind of like resume. It's not dog shit like uh, the Happening or the Last Airbender, um, but it's not amazing like the Sixth Sense either. It's 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 fine, but definitely the best James McAvoy performance I've seen. Word, yeah, I. Um, That's my like, little rant. <laughs> I I definitely I I definitely liked it. Uh, I had somebody. Here's a here's a good tip for never getting me to watch a movie. Uh, tell me <laughs> to tell me to watch that movie, and I will never watch it. I don't know what it Dude, is. I am the same. I, I I can't help it. Like I, the only time that has ever worked was Stranger Things. Somebody was like, "Dude, <laughs> you've got to watch the show called Stranger Things." Like, yeah, okay, whatever, dude. I, you know, I don't really watch a whole lot of TV. Yeah, and they, you know, they, what, you know what you say. You know what your response is. Yeah, I'll put it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know what I mean. Dude, this this guy at work literally had to grab me by the shoulders and was like, Colin, you need to watch Stranger Things. And I was like, all right, man. So I I went home and I binged like the first five episodes in one night. Um, But anyways, getting but anyways, um, I I like this movie uh, even after being told to watch it by someone that I didn't even really like. I was like, oh, fuck you. Um, But (laughs) so wait, this, this was your first time watching it, was it? No, no, I, uh, oh, okay. this is, I mean, it is actually only like my, I think my second time watching it. Um, yeah. same, same I, here. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, I, I like this movie. Um, the first half hour of this movie sucks. I cannot, I, I, I like, I, I feel like I'm just dragging my way through the first half hour of this movie. And I, and it's, it's great to get, I mean, obviously we have a lot to set up, even though this is a movie that takes place primarily in like less than five locations. I mean, less, probably less than three locations, but it's still, it drags so much at the beginning of it um, to the point that like, I just, I went out and I bought this on a whim. I was just like, you know what? I heard this is good. Whatever. I'm going to, I'm going to roll the dice, buy this movie, see what happens. And Lindsay and I were watching it. And about 20, 30 minutes in, I was like, I'm about to turn this off. I was like, I just like, I, I, I can't stand it. I don't know what it was about the beginning of it. Um, 
And can I, I mean, part- can I interrupt quickly? Do what? Can I interrupt quickly? Yeah. Um, I love, <laughs> I love oh, the God. first half of this movie, <laughs> dude. I really like the first half of this movie, and the second half for me is where it goes off the rails. Oh, um, yeah. Fuck so you. We, this this is gonna be this is gonna be a really interesting conversation. I can't wait. I can't wait oh, for this, dude. Like I just I like. I, I like I said. I understand we have a lot to set up. We have twenty four different people, only eight of which we actually see. Oh, you um, can't. Um, nice. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, counting how many of them materialized. Yeah, it's. I mean, in some of them, it's kind of hard because you only see them in you know bits and pieces towards the end. Um, but I I don't mind uh, the actresses at the beginning of it. Um, they get they get better as it goes on. But at the beginning, I was just like, oh my god, like this is just. Uh, this is just dreadful. Like, like I, I hated it. Like the first couple times I saw it, uh, or the first, yeah, the first twenty or thirty minutes that I saw it. But as it went on, I kind of got into it a little bit more because uh, Shyamalan Ding Dong has this kind of appeal that he is. He's kind of got this like. J.J. Abrams, Abrams syndrome of like setting things up and mystery and oh, what the twist, you know, like kind of um, kind of interesting things. But sometimes his twist like and his setups don't pay off. I mean, obviously, like you were talking about his career kind of took a nosedive with six cents. It obviously pays off, um, you know, and with I think with Unbreakable, you know, it pays off and, and certain certain of his other movies. Um, but he kind of has this problem of of setting things up and the payoff is very anticlimactic. And where I think he's trying to go for something super original, sometimes it just falls flat. Um I mean, really, if you think about Unbreakable and it ends up being water is the thing that ends up hurting Bruce Willis's character, you're kind of like, what? Like, really? Water? <laughs> you know, but it's another thing when you reuse that later on, two years later, when you make signs and you make that the weakness of your of your antagonist. I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't I mean, know, man. Why are these super intelligent aliens coming to a planet that's mostly water? I don't, yeah. uh, doesn't jive. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't drive at all. But I, 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 I like this movie more as it went on. Finally, I thank God I didn't take it out uh, because I do like it. I, I, I like the, um, I like the the study of people with DID. There's a great show that Tony Collette did called The United States of Terra. Um, I, I've 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 never seen anybody that's honestly watched it. Uh, I had a friend introduce it to me, um, probably about four or five years ago. They only did a couple of seasons of it, but it's fucking brilliant and it's really well done. And Tony Collette knocks it out of the park uh, doing multiple personalities, um, and that's what this kind of reminded me of. But I like the 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 M Night Shyamalan kind of universe of yes, there are heroes and yes, there are people that are capable of this. And with, you know, with David Dunn and Unbreakable, we don't really get an explanation for his powers, um, you know, and you could even argue that maybe we don't need one. Um, but that's kind of the flip side of this movie. We're literally I mean, it's almost it's almost it's too. Yeah, it's it's almost too much. You know, there's just so much going on. I think the thing that hurts this movie the most is exposition. It is a lot of exposition. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I by the end of it, I felt drunk off of exposition. I was like, uh, okay, dude. Like, especially coming from the Dr. Fletcher character. Uh, yes. There were points when she was cringeworthy. Um, mm-hmm. I was just like, ooh. Um, just to add to that, I'm sorry. Uh, how much do you know about DID? 
Um, not a shit ton. You know, I just, yeah. I just, I've just known what I've, what I've kind of picked up from some true yeah. crime cases and a little bit of like, you know, entertainment here or there. See, all I know, uh, see, I don't know jack shit about it. All I know is what this movie presents. And obviously this movie is a work of fiction, but, um, uh, one of the big things that I couldn't buy about this movie, um, a DID is a mental affliction, I believe, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of like a schizophrenia where you can kind of like, yeah, uh, you have a you have a, a different personality in your head, kind of thing, right? Right. Yeah. There's just different. Yeah. Just just yeah. basically different avenues. So my problem was, I I don't like how the mental aspect can affect your physical body. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like it was a bit much, it was a bit too much of a leap. I think at that point, um, M Night was trying to sell um, sell us on the kind of like the superhero aspect of it, um, and mm-hmm. trying to connect it to the Unbreakable sort of side. Um, like, I don't like the Beast. I think that's why that's why the the, the last half kind of like goes off the rails for me a little bit. Um, I don't like the way the Beast is is portrayed. Um, Mainly, only because um, I don't like the mental the, the the fact that this is a mental sort of uh, you know affectation, but it's physically um, changing his body. Like you know, when you if you stab the beast, then you know, then his skin doesn't pierce. Like it doesn't make sense. You know? Yeah. Like I I can buy into it just with the movie magic. Like I can make that small jump just with the whole like um um a good uh I'm trying to think. Okay, Stephen King's it. Um you know basically it's of kind course. of like yeah, of course. Um, and you know, it's kind of, you know, sorry, I'm going to kind of spoil spoilers ahead for a movie that's already out on fucking DVD. Um, but basically, you know, there's a part where the bolt gun's not loaded, you know, and they don't oh, know yeah. that. And they pull the trigger and it ends up hurting Pennywise. Anyways, it's their belief in it that ends up, you know, kind of kind of hurting the antagonist of the story. So I can I can kind of see the lines, but I can't. I, I, but they're just not They're They're a little bit kind of sketched out see there's um, a there's a difference there's a difference between willing like having the force of will to force your body to do things like um you, you know later when sorry i don't want to sort of jump too far ahead but when he's the beast and like he's jumping over fences and running along running along railway tracks like uh, I, I get that I, I feel like you could do that if you if you had this mental sort of state where you believe that your body was that was capable of doing those things. But, I mean, not... And and I keep coming back to this example, but your skin not being able to be pierced by a blade, that's not something that your mind can control. Do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. I think that's that's where you have to make that Mm. that leap because it's kind of... And I don't know if this is true. This is just, you know, maybe we should have done a little bit more research on this, but... Yeah, we are. We're kind of terrible podcasters, but whatever. (laughs) But, you know, in the movie they talk about, you know, some of them need insulin. Some of them, you know, there's a woman in Germany who's who's blind, but two of her personalities can see. Yeah, Um, I just, I don't know. I don't know. I couldn't buy any of that. 
Right. Yeah. It's like I, I, I just I, I don't know. I don't know if those are true case facts. I do know that this is partially based on a true story. Uh, this is based on the uh, true story of a guy named Billy Milligan. Uh, he actually died in 2014, but he was charged with three rapes and was the first person diagnosed with multiple personality disorder to use an insanity offense by reason of that disorder. And it was also the first to be acquitted. Uh, he had 24 personalities considering of 10 desirables and 13 undesirables. And a few, few, this is where it gets kind of he. Some of those were actually fused together, and they were called the teacher. Um, But I mean, he had some Sean, Martin, Timothy, Jason, Bobby, Steve, Lee, Arthur. I mean, there's basically like what's going on with Split. Um, Even to the point of some of them kind of like like I said, fusing together and becoming you know like the Horde, uh, which is like Patricia and Dennis and Hedwig. but I, all in all, like I, I can buy into it. Um, I know there was I, I, I did read a couple of articles of people being like, oh, you know, that's, you know, use like an actual mental like uh, basically people being pissed off because use an actual mental disorder to basically try to make a superhero out of it, um, which like I can I can understand that. I don't think it I don't think it belittles anything. No, no. But, I, I think you're basing your fiction on reality, which is fine. I mean, yeah, yeah, right. It's, a- it's it's like it's like you know seeing people who are in accidents and all of a sudden they have superpowers. It's like you know we're not we're not going to stop you know or like seeing Batman being turned into Batman by the murder of his parents. Like well we're not going to stop showing that in comic books. That's how our origin stories get started. Um, but I, like. I th- I think that like I said, this movie suffers from way too much way too much exposition. Character choices are like what the fuck. Sometimes I felt like I was watching a horror movie. Like God, you get up and run. You know, like it there's just times. Yeah, it does know, that a lot. There's just moments where you're like, what in the fuck is going on? Um, that's that's why I can't get on board with the beginning of it. I can make the leap with, oh, this is a movie and this is, you know, okay, I can buy into that, whatever. But like, <laughs> but the, the the buying into some of the things that these characters do and some of the things that they say, I'm like, what the figgity fuck is going on around here? Um, See, I can uh, – sorry, sorry to keep interrupting, man. No, no, no. I don't give a fuck. I do. Okay, so – I can buy poor character decisions before I can buy <laughs> your 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 body men- like physically changing because of your mental will, your mental state. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I I think the interesting thing about the multiple personalities are that basically part of me is like, okay, well if if this is something this is something that does this is something that does exist in the human body, even though later I mean the beast literally says, like, do you think that'll hurt me? Like I'm not human. Um but you but, are. Right, yeah. It's like – but the, the only thing I can think is the way they describe him. You know, he's like uh, – as Dennis is describing him, he's like, well, he's much bigger than me. And I'm like, well, how can he be bigger than you? Like I, I guess it's kind of uh, – I, I think that it comes down to – um, you know, it's it's kind of like when you hear people that talk about it's it's almost like a body dysmorphia kind of thing. Like mm-hmm. you know, I I feel like uh, you know I'm born a man, but I want to be a woman. This is what I should be. This is blah blah blah. Yeah. I, th- yeah, I think yeah. it, I think it can kind of be linked to that to some degree. Yeah, yeah. I um, agree with you there. And. I don't give a fuck. Be whatever you want to be. If you want to wake up tomorrow morning and you want to be a tiger, go right ahead. I don't care. Hundred um, like, percent. Right. I'm all for free will. So. Right, but it's like, but in my cinema, 
in my movies, you know, it's, it, it is it is kind of hard to make that to make that jump. But it's it's not it's not impossible for me just because it is an intriguing concept. Um, it's kind of like seeing people, you know, you always hear the thing. Oh, you know, a woman was able to lift a car off of her baby because of, you know, heightened blah, blah, blah. Um, and seeing people's reactions to high stress level environments basically all these personalities are from kevin being uh severely abused as a child um which it, it you know it's not too crazy to think okay well here's dennis dennis is there to protect him and blah 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 but it it does get kind of hard to make that kind of jump um with the whole yes yeah, i mean literally i can understand him being stronger just by you know okay well i i i believe that i can move this fast i believe that i can lift yeah, this fast that's but what I'm like saying, you said the, the 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 belief of will right like your your mental state kind of you believing that you can do that Right, yeah, that the like that's where you kind of like the movie magic bullshit kind of just gets sprinkled over things. But either way, this has been our longest opening thoughts ever. Um, but, but yeah, are you ready to jump into this thing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So wait, uh, just wait before we get into it. So did you like it? Did you like the movie? <laughs> did we? I do. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I do own it, uh, even though it was just kind of like a gamble. But I, I, I do. I, I, I definitely like it. Maybe I don't – I don't think I like it as much as the first time that I saw it. Um, oh, okay, right. So we are, this, like, we are like two ships passing in the night. We, we are right. completely yeah, opposite. Yeah, that's, this is going to be a good talk, I think. There's there's a lot of stuff with this movie that you know, leaves me kind of scratching my head, and I think there's some stuff they could have left out. But we'll get all into that and more as we get through this. But, um, yeah, kind of right off the bat, I you know I do – I do like this shot. I like the shot of Casey staring out the window and, you know, we've got everybody else kind of, you know, enjoying the party and blowing out the candles behind her and all that stuff. Um, it's a, just a little overhanded right off the bat. You know, here's this girl staring at a window. It looks like something from, you know, uh, uh, from um, – it looks like a MySpace music video from like the early 2000s, <laughs> like on, on the Fuse channel or something like that, like a Hawthorne Heights video. Um just like super emo, it's like a little over the top, um, but yeah, that's basically where we learn um, that it's 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 basically a, a pity invite um, mm-hmm. that they don't really. You know, they don't – I mean, and, and it is nice. I, 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 It does suck because I've been in this situation before where it's like, oh, well, you know, I've got to invite somebody that I don't really want to invite, but I feel like yeah. a dick if I don't let them. Like, no, I, I, will, we've, I think we've all been there. We can all understand this, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually just a funny story. I have a friend of mine. Uh, we're in. We're about twelve years old. We're having a birthday party, and this kid shows up who lived next door, and my friend couldn't stand him, and he was just like, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> Holy shit, dude! He, he was just like, "That's uh, that's like fucking dropping the nuke, <laughs> dude." I mean, and he's. I, I will. I will never forget that. And he was just like, "Uh, no." Like I didn't, you know, but I didn't invite you over, you know. But I was like, "Damn, dude!" I remember as a kid, like, "God, what a poor kid." But I mean, that is kind of like, "Oh, hey, let me just show up to your party," you know, blah blah blah. I was like, "All right, yeah, I guess you're kind of asking for it if you know you're not invited and you just show up." But I just, I always thought that was fucking hilarious. But, um, yeah, we um. The, the three girls uh, we're going with, uh, that's Casey, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, who's also in The Witch, um, which is a good movie. I've definitely – I've got that one as well. She'll be returning in Glass. Do what? She's going to be returning in Glass. 
Oh, I thought you said slowly revolving in glass. I was like, no, I don't like I don't like the witch that much that I put it under like some kind of like laser beam grid trap. Like, um, but yeah, we've we, we've also got Claire and Marsha played by Haley Lou Richardson and Jessica Sola. Uh, I've never seen the other two of them in jack shit. So um, I've, I've seen I've seen uh, I've I've seen um, Claire. Uh, she was in uh, the Edge of Seventeen, Edge of something like that. It was a, uh, it was it was okay. It was a movie with Haley Steinfeld. It was nominated for an Oscar, so that's why I watched it. But it's a bit angsty, mm-hmm. but whatever. It was okay. Even your fucking Oscars. Uh, um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of us, um, you know, I like to be a little fancy. Yeah, some of us are a little <clears throat> civilized. Mm, yeah, uh, no. it's Trump. <laughs> yeah, no. um, but yeah, basically we've got this. Uh, we've got this party for Claire. Um, you know, her I dad's like the dad here. Yeah, the dad is pretty funny actually. Yeah. He's like, I, I, his, his humor is very quick. Uh, his, his, his acting was just like great. I thought he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, he's, um, uh, he's like being, res- being like also being the responsible parent, even though the other girls want to leave. Like, he offers to drive her home instead of taking the bus. Like, I dig that. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely, and that's something I feel like in the South that we did as well, just because it was like, no, I'm not going to leave you here. Come on, let's go. You know, blah blah blah. But he um, also might be a massive creep. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 there there is looking at him like he's almost too nice. I'm like, nah, you can, you've got some body somewhere. Like, dude, there are a lot of there are a lot of moments in this movie where I was like, ooh, this is getting a little creepy. Oh, dude, yeah, um, but. <clears throat> but yeah, basically, you know, the girls want to ditch her there. Her ride's not showing up. She says a car's broke down. Um, and uh, yeah, but Mr. Benoit, I believe is his name, uh, offers to drive her home. Um, this is the worst part of the movie coming up. <laughs> I think this is one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> God, fuck. <laughs> Fucking God damn it. I'll, okay, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. So we're obviously we're talking about the parking lot scene, correct? I'm sorry? Uh, we're talking about the parking lot scene? Yeah, yeah, in yeah. the parking lot? Yeah, okay. So I can tell why you don't like it. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll probably... Uh, you know what? Let me... I'll take us, I'll take us through this scene. So <laughs> I love that I just, like, take control. I'm yeah. like, give me, give, me the, give me the controller. Give me the let controller, me t- Let me tell you why you're wrong. <laughs> let me play. Uh, but no, I, I like it because um, for what M. Night's going for here, it's really well done. I, I like the first person... The first person sort of take, um, like, you know, I, I really like um, that kind of uh, how the dad just turns around. Can I help you? <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's it's really, it's really kind of like immediately unsettling. Um, and then like, it, it, there's like there's no music that's underscored here or anything like that. It's really just, it's really just like camera work. Um, you know, it, it's. That's the only thing that makes this unsettling. Just kind of like Casey looking at the review, and then um, the camera pans over. Like it's just kind of like above the windshield. Um, and then, should we call him Kevin? Let's call him Kevin. Uh, Kevin sits down in the driver's seat. Um, and I know your problem with this because it's more like, what the fuck are these girls doing? Like for this entire like thirty seconds, right? Right. Um, which I have in my notes as well because it's in- inexcusable. A strange man sits down in the driver's seat, like seriously, and you're still playing in the back in the in the in the back seat with your fucking little iPad or whatever the fuck it is. 
Like, come on. See, now that I believe, I believe that part. I don't believe the whole sitting, sitting there slowly turning to see this person who's not obviously the person that should be there and then I just think staring she's in at us. Like, I think she's in shock. I kind of buy that a little bit more, uh, but only because, only because they sell, um, they sell Casey as this character who's uh, deeply traumatized, um, mm-hmm. and she's she's not, she's not a normal teenager. Whereas the the kids, the, the the girls in the back are, and that's why their reactions are a bit more sort of conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this this it, it is a bit jarring. Um, like their reactions are a bit sort of horror movie ish. Um, but I, I liked it. Uh, this is because this was in the trailer. This was the kind of like selling point for me in the trailer. I was like, oh, this is fucking weird. It's also weird, right? Like it's not it's not a normal kind of kidnapping that you're watching here. Like how often do you see someone get kidnapped? People get kidnapped in this way. Like this right, completely. Yeah. This completely like calm guy sits down in the front seat, methodically puts on a, a mask, and then maces maces everyone in the in the car. Like you know. Yeah, that's <clears throat> that's the only thing that got me was like I can I can I can buy her kind of like being in shock. But the thing that kind of contradicts that for me is after, you know, he puts on the mask, he gasses the two girls in the back. That I, that I totally buy, you know, they're kind of freaking out like you know, like a normal person would. But as she opens the door, and I'm like, literally, if you just lean to the right like a drunk asshole, you would fall <laughs> out of the car and be out, be away from him. Like, that's the yeah. only thing that drives me nuts is opening up the door and it dings and you stop there. It's like, no, like that'd yeah. be like a that'd be like a burglar breaking into a house. And as soon as the window breaks, he's like, oh, shit. It's like, yeah. no, you're you're committed, man. Like, you got to go I've with got, it. Like, I've got no defense for that. I just I like <sighs> even in the in, even when I saw this in the cinema, I was like. I don't. I don't know why she stopped. Like, okay, I, I get that it's a moment of tension, but logically, it doesn't really make sense. But I, I, I do like McAvoy's reaction. Like his yes. face is his face is his face is scary, man. Like, if, I, like, I mean, I'm horrified. <laughs> I like. I would. I, I would totally believe it if it were just like she as she opens up the door, just boom. There's a hand on her arm, or something is preventing her from leaving. Mm. But like just just stopping of your own volition, like you just started of your own volition. Like why are you stopping? Like I like th- that's the only thing that absolutely drives drives like just drives me nuts about the very beginning of this. And I was like, See, okay. I can one get past thing, it, whatever. One thing that really drove me nuts about this was assault and kidnapping in broad daylight. Like, oh, uh, yeah. And, and, like, no one picked up on it. No one picked up on this, on the father um, getting assaulted. Uh, I assumed he probably hit him on his head or something like that. Uh, and, like, we saw kind of, like, a, a wide shot and there were, like, plenty of cars. Like, surely someone would have seen something. I don't, uh, I don't know. I don't buy that. I buy that a little less. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's kind of like, ah, oh, okay, broad daylight, whatever. But yeah. Um, yeah. I dig this. I dig this title sequence, though. Do what? I I really dig this uh, title sequence with the, uh, you know, where it's just basically telling you all the names, you know, who's in it and and the title. Yeah, and definitely like the cover of this when you look at Split and then you look at Unbreakable, it's like oh Shattered Glass on the cover of both. Like ah, oh, I see what you did there, Glass. Ah. ah. Um. <clears throat> but yeah, basically we get um, uh, we get Casey, Claire, and uh, is it Mar- Marcia? Well, waking up in this 
dungeon of a room. Uh, looks like something f- fucking out in the back of Ed Gein's house. Um, yeah, I was going to say Buffalo Bill, but yeah, you're we're on the same. I think yeah. uh, I think Buffalo Bill was a was inspired by Ed Gein, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, and you know, just these uh, some of these first shots that are you know that that are that are really great, just of her kind of like waking up on the ground, um, and you know, I I I again like the I kind of the movie kind of loses me like right off the bat, but then right you know immediately I'm like, okay, well, why are they here? Like, what's the mystery? Like, what exactly is going on? Um, I don't really you know like and and the room is just like, well, where the fuck could this possibly be? Like, where hmm. the hell is this? Um, that's one of the most intriguing things about the whole movie. I think that kind of kept me like c- kind of kept yeah, me in the whole time. It's like, where yeah. the fuck is this actually? Um, but um, and that's another great reveal later on uh, in the movie. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, just like with this with this whole first scene of uh, you know of him coming in and just setting down the chair and staring at all of them, and it's like uh, okay, Not only that, but doing the weird like wiping the chair before sitting down. Like mm-hmm. you can tell, um, because I, 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 I really like the way they shape these these identities. Like this guy's got OCD. Mm-hmm. It's um, but, it's it's pretty clever. Yeah, fucking Dennis. Dennis is definitely one of the most intimidating ones. But oh, yeah. um, and and that's that's the you know of course right off the bat we have a, a you know a grown man abducting three girls. We kind of assume what he's going to do to at least one of them. You know, there's going to be some kind of like sexual assault, um, which is yeah, right off I the bat. Choose you first, Jesus Christ, yeah. dude! Oh my God! Like right off mm. the bat, our, our worst fears are confirmed. Um, but I love I love the little detail of uh, Marsha pulling down her skirt, pulling down her dress. Yeah, it's just a it's just a cool little like touch. I think right. It definitely alludes to kind of what I feel most people are thinking about. Like, uh, yeah, this absolutely. is not going to no, end well. Yeah, there's no way you're watching this moment and you're not you haven't considered it already. Like, mm-hmm. no matter how fucked up your mind is, like, even if you've never seen a movie, uh, you you know you can kind of get a vibe as to what's what's probably going to happen here. Right. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> one thing I do like is that. Uh, Casey is so observant, you know, when, when Dennis is in the car, as soon as he gets in the car, he starts cleaning up trash for Mm. like, he literally started picking up trash with the yellow handkerchief. So she, I think right away, she's kind of like, okay, this guy is a clean freak. So she tells, Mm -hmm. you know, Marcia to pee on herself, um, which yeah, dude, when she, when he comes back into that room, the way he screams is just so, it's just this kind of like, almost like, almost like he's gasping, you know, just Mm -hmm. this kind of like, oh my God, like that is so fucking offensive. Um, like that's just so, oh my, like I, I, I totally buy that. Um, God damn, McAvoy's the powerhouse in this. I fucking love him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, and and now here comes some of the. I'm trying to think of the right way to say it. I don't. I don't want to say. You know, obviously, it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. But all of these flashbacks with her dad and her uncle, kind of like leading up to this. I, um, I really like these moments. I mean, like not 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 like them, well, but yeah. uh, they. Uh, I do like that they give you a kind of like a a, a backstory. Um, at first, I was a bit like, "Why? How is this relevant to what we're watching?" Um, that's what kind of like took me out of it when I first watched it. But I liked uh, this time around when I watched it. I was like, 
um, I, I wanted to I wanted to kind of like get an understanding of why of how Casey's story relates to Kevin's story, um, and that's that's because they're both born out of trauma, right? Um, like like Casey is. Casey's weird. We already know, like from the get go, that Casey's weird, and and we find out through this backstory how she became that way, and I think that's why she kind of like later she accepts to kissing Hedwig. Like she's a bit more, she's she's a bit more understandable. She's a bit more understanding and sympathetic to Kevin's sort of like condition. Um, mm. and and I I I I I really liked it this this time around. Um, there was a lot of the. Uh, you know, at first I was like, this is kind of done for shock value. Um, I wasn't able to sort of connect it. Um, it, it definitely is very shocking, especially to put into a PG-13 movie, but um, it is, it it is, I guess, the best way to explain a character like this. Um, not to go too, da- too deep on a tangent, but um, <clears throat> I know a girl who uh, was like this, um, and because this was the reason... Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's um the way Casey the way Casey acts in this is really kind of like it it hit me a little mm-hmm. harder than than it probably would hit someone who wouldn't know someone like this because it was very accurate um the way she's kind of like withdrawn from a lot of things um mm-hmm. it's uh it's done it's done very I think it's done very well word yeah I th- I th- I think so too I think there's things the 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 more character problems that I have are actually with the two other girls way more than with Casey like there are some things that she says and that she does that I'm kind of like ah uh, you know like what the fuck um, but at the same time you know you can understand like where she's coming from and she's able to she's also very good at manipulating these personalities uh, we see that right off the bat she's able to kind of manipulate Dennis you know hey pee on yourself you know and she knows how to manipulate that she she knows how to manipulate Hedwig, um, not really with Patricia, you know, because there's not really anything there to manipulate. But there is um, <clears throat> like there is a good kind of like she's I don't I guess it'd be oversimplifying it. I don't want to over say that she's just in touch with that kind of like damaged person like she you know she knows how to, you know, or not necessarily what that person is going through. But she's she understands there's a bit of there's obviously a lot of like darkness to, like in her. And I think she understands that also within like Kevin and the different personalities and stuff. And she can empathize with that. And through that empathy, I think she can manipulate it. And, and I mean, and I don't mean manipulate in a bad way. She's trying to escape. <clears throat> um, but manipulate that to her for her own end to escape, you know, obviously and, and not be eaten, uh, <laughs> but which is like, holy shit, I never saw that coming in this movie. Um, but um, but, yeah, we kind of get some of our first shots of isn't it Dr. Fletcher. Isn't that her name? Dr. Dr. Fletcher. Yeah, Dr. Fletcher. Um, I, I just wanted to. I just want to shout out the the cinematographer in this movie because some of the shots in this movie are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, it, it kind of like it feels claustrophobic when it wants to feel like claustrophobic. But like I really love this shot of the staircase, kind of like a top down shot. Um, it, later, later when we when we see the beast, like there are some really cool like cinematography tricks and things like that. Um, so the cinematographer's name is Mike Gulakis. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I just, I didn't want to let that go by. Oh, no, no, that, yeah, that's cool. Um, I, yeah, I like that shot of the stairs as well of, of her coming up and we see on the news that, <clears throat> um, oh shit, this guy, 
this guy did the cinematography for It Follows, which was oh, really good as well. Yeah. 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 Okay. It feels very similar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I can definitely see it with uh, yeah. with with especially like the uh, like the like the framing of things and these mm, real yeah. these real close up wider shots. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, we see Doctor Fletcher and her coming to her office. You know, uh, seeing on the news of the three girls being abducted, uh, and she gets an email from Barry. You know, saying that you know we need help, we need to talk, um, and this is going to become something throughout the movie that's becoming you know more frequent as well. And this is kind of something else that I'll harp on, but I'll get back onto it like later. I don't want to start here because it's like later on is when it kind of becomes an issue for me. But either way, before, you know, before I go off on that tangent as well, um, we cut back to, you know, the girls in the room. They're trying to devise some kind of way to um, escape, you know, basically saying, you know, oh, I, I took six months of, you know, karate, you know, trying to figure out some way that they just um, that they're just going to, you know, basically attack him. Um this is another scene I fucking hate. Um, I don't know what it was. It was honestly, it was honestly more of the acting uh, of all three of them. Um, that's that's the only thing that gets me is um, is is honestly just the just the portrayals from you know Marcia and Casey. <clears throat> I think um, I'm a bit more. I think I'm a bit more forgiving here with their with their acting. Um, but yeah, it, it is a bit. It is a little brutal. Oh my god! I literally the line Marcia is like Claire Smart. Let's listen to her. Yeah. I'm like God. I mean, good lord! Who like says that in, in real life, right? Like yeah. right. And that's the thing is Claire is just so I, I I like I like her delivery like to an extent. She's you know she she's kind of I mean she's driven. She's motivated. She wants to attack this guy. You know this is these are things that I would be thinking about if I were in this room. But she's kind of I I, I don't know. There's something about her that she's a little bit too in your face about it. Um, I don't know. There's something that just kind of annoyed me ab- about her character. Um, and I like <clears throat> with Casey, I don't mind it so much because we understand why she acts the way that she acts and why she is, you know, the way that she is. There's, um, you know, obviously a whole um, a, <clears throat> a whole backstory or a subplot that's going on during this movie that we come to understand. Um, but even just their delivery of the lines, you know, we can win. He'll hurt us. I'm like, dude, like it's, it's, it's so, it's almost like soap opera acting in a way. It's, it's very rough. Um, and it, again, this is another thing that, um, that just kind of, it, it took me out of it right at the beginning. This is, this beginning is really hard for me to get through. And it's so funny that like, I'm just, I'm just taking a shit all over your Sunday right now. And I love it. Uh, it's <laughs> see, <laughs> see, for me, for me, the first half is more interesting because I like seeing, um, Kevin, um, I think we get we get better Kevin than we get um, than we get in the second half. Um, I like I like seeing these kind of like different sort of uh, these identities and them kind of like being played by uh, Casey and um, and in turn like them playing Doctor Fletcher or trying to play Doctor Fletcher. Um, I I'm really kind of like fascinated by. By Kevin's character, and I think we we get more of a character piece in the first half than the second half, but that's just me. Um, but dude, um, after the scene, I, I really like this flashback. This is actually my favorite flashback of all of them, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, um, Casey's father is teaching her to hunt, and uh, he's. <laughs> She's she's adorable. This this young you this young actress, right? She's oh like, yeah. 
boys make too much noise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, she's she's really cute. It's it's beautiful. I really like this moment. But my favorite part, and look, I said favorite, but it's not. You know, it's not amazing. I love that the uncle hands the dad just out of. He's out of the shot, but it's kind of like a reminder that he was always there. Kind of mm-hmm. thing, like he's always like encroaching on her life. Like it's it's a it's a beautiful little thing, I think. Right, yeah, and it, not only is there, is there this encroachment, but also it it comes bearing gifts. It's yes. this whole thing of like, oh, here you go, because I'm your little brother and I've always got your back. But at the same time, like you know, we know the we know the other side of that coin. It's like, ah, oh, that's fucking terrifying, especially because I think this guy that's playing her uncle is the prison guard from Orange Is the New Black. <laughs> Dude, uh, or- I have that in my notes. I was going to bring it up. Yeah, because uh, that season where he gets introduced is when this came out. And I was like, oh, shit, it's him. And he's a, he's a dick in that as well. Right, yeah. That's like, man, this guy can't catch a fucking break. I mean, he is a monster of a guy. I mean, he's huge. Like, I'm, yeah. I mean, he's he's never going to play, you know, like a leading man or anything. But, but I mean, he's always going to be some kind of antagonist. Yeah. Um, but, um. But yeah, we kind of you know we cut over to um, you know that we you know we cut we cut over to um, sorry I keep forgetting her name Doctor Hatcher right Fletcher Fletcher God I keep wanting to say Hatcher um, <laughs> got Terry Hatcher on your mind mate yeah right um, but yeah basically Doctor Fletcher with Barry she's asking about the email that she got um, you know that uh, you know that, and he's just kind of brushing it off you know showing some sketches now Barry is the main personality that controls Kevin he is in control of what they call the light the light is basically who's got the microphone I guess um, who's going to be behind the controls and they're uh, just to establish some things. Um, <clears throat> That basically they all sit in a room with chairs and they have to wait to get their turn to, to receive the light. And there's some of them that are banned, like Dennis that. and Patricia. Yeah, that's great. Like, I love I, that. Part of me almost wishes I could have seen some imagery from it, just a black room with chairs yeah. and just people sitting in it. Like, I like wouldn't a have surreal mind. kind of thing. Yeah, it would have been cool, man. Right. I wouldn't have mind seeing that. I don't mind not seeing it. It's okay. You know, less is more. It kind of lets me, in my own imagination, that's what I saw. But, um, and I'm sure that's going to be different from whatever M Night Shyamalan was thinking. Um, now, now this is this is actually Dennis here, though, right? He's, it's Dennis pretending to be Barry. Uh, right. Yeah. Basically, the whole the, these whole time, the whole time that that these sessions are going on, uh, the undesirable personalities, if you want to call them that, have basically taken over and have put pushed out Barry um, and uh, you know, all of the all of the seemingly normal ones. Um, and they've pushed them out and taken over um, because they're making way for the beast. So, yeah, all of, all of this shit is, is just Dennis. And you can tell when he shifts the candy. You know, when he, sh- he he shifts the candy jar candy jar yep. over just a little bit, and it's like, damn. Um, hot as I say, day. And that's, that's right. how Fletcher picks it up as well. <clears throat> Uh, right, exactly, um, and that's 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 the thing. That's another thing, you know. Just her exposition here, you know. You're meticulous. You're blah blah blah. I mean, you've, you're she's even a manager. She's rough. She is like, especially first time I saw this man, I was like, oh, this character is rough. I can't deal with it. Right. I mean, she might as well have been like, I mean, look at you. You were born on, at night on a Friday and you're a blood type AB negative. You know, it's like, dude, Jesus Christ. Um, but, you know, she just goes on about how, um, you know, he he's been able to hold a job down for the longest time. You know, that, that he's been there 10 years and that he's in management. We you know we don't really understand exactly where it is that he works. Um, oh, and I got a I got a question for you. 
Yo. How does a person like this have a job? Like, how does this person live in society? Yeah, I, that is, <clears throat> that's kind of, that's. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being mentally, I'm not being like uh, insensitive. Um, this is a legitimate question. No, uh, for to, sure. Like this person has the potential to be extremely dangerous. And um, and clever at the same time, right? And which he is. He's, he's ridiculously clever. <laughs> he's like fooling, well, he's trying to fool this, this psychiatrist, right? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to say earlier is kind of one of the things that gripe me about this email is that she understands how mm, how dangerous he has the potential to be. Sorry. Hold on. Yeah. What is what um, is capable of, right? Right. Yeah, exactly. What 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 his potential is, what he's capable of. And uh, and she's, you know, over the course of however long this story takes place, she keeps getting emails from these other personalities. It's like you need to call the cops. Like you need yeah. to do something. Something. She like, lets it go on too much. Like I, well, I don't. Uh, it, I don't. It doesn't jive. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> it doesn't jive at all because it's like as it, some kind of mental health facilitator or you know professional. Um, you know, at what point do you get the authorities involved? Because you know, I mean, she knows. I mean, she she outright calls and calls him out. And she's like, "This is not Barry. This is Dennis." You know, and she does it twice. Uh, it's like you you know what's going on here. You know, and maybe. Maybe she thinks it's something that she can fix or something that she can take care of, but like I, I, gu- just- I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if she calls the cops here, um, coupled with the fact uh, that you know that uh, Casey later is able to get her hands on a fucking uh, on the on the on the two way radio, uh, which fucking I'll get into that scene later. I have a lot of problems about that scene, um, and what. What are the parents of all three children doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is there a search? Uh, are they being, you know, obviously right, yeah, they're is, being missed. Like, yeah, is, is there anything pro? I mean, we see the news flash, but we don't really see. Yeah, we don't really see anything else beyond that. Like, uh, which is which is kind of interesting. We we really only see it from, uh, you know. It, I think I think it almost might be a thing from where we're, we're used to seeing the investigative side of things, and mm-hmm. now we're actually now we're actually in the kidnapping, and we never. And maybe that maybe that's intentional to make us feel the claustrophobia of being in these these little rooms, mm-hmm. um, which I I definitely felt that way. I mean, this movie this movie was shot on such a low budget, and I think that I mean. Say, I say such a low budget, but I mean it's nine million dollars. But I mean, oh, you're not gonna I make mean, me guess. Yeah, <laughs> not to, I tell you, all right, okay. What do you think it made at the box office? Oh, Off, uh, nine million dollar budget. I think it did well, right? Hmm? I don't um, know. Oh, fuck you. Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like staring. Uh, I'm like staring at it right now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm gonna say somewhere around a hundred mil. Two hundred and seventy-eight million dollars. Shit. So yeah, really well. Yeah, off of a nine million dollar budget. Now, I mean, I feel like most of that nine million dollar budget went to um, obviously some of their special effects. Uh, they do have you know a cameo by Bruce Willis. We've got James McAvoy. We've got you know, we've got some. You've got some, M Night. Yeah, right. You've got M Night. Um, I think they do. They do a great job of making us feel. Um, claustrophobic in the confines of basically what they're they're under the zoo basically right they're in some yeah. or they're in some kind yeah. of uh, ex- expansion or extent uh, extension of it um, 
But they, I, th- I think that maybe it is good that they don't show the investigative side of this or the whole, you know, oh, yeah, we're trying to find you or blah, 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 um, because it, it, it might take away a little bit from our um, – from our feelings of claustrophobia. Oh, yeah. No, no, I, I totally, I totally understand. I, I just think, I just think, um, just from a logical standpoint, I would have liked to see a bit more, um, a, a bit more of what these parents, the, the parents of these kids are doing. Cause these kids, um, I mean, obviously they're missing. And then you've got this strange, this strange character, um, who's being suspected by a psychiatrist who also has a legal obligation to report crimes and things like that to the police mm-hmm. uh, e- even though it's you know protected by attorney oh sorry uh, by client doctor patient confidentiality you still have a legal obligation to report anything dangerous or if you think you've uh, a crime's been committed um i just a lot of that i just didn't buy um i don't know and just just with this this Fletcher character i, I just i can't I, I'm on. I'm definitely on board with you. Really don't like her. I think I don't like her mainly because, well, you, for you it's exposition. For me, it's because she's trying to, um, she's trying to soften the blow of what the beast is going to become on screen. Like she's trying to be like, and then like you know the mental can affect our physical. And I was just like, okay, lady, like you keep, you keep spouting your bullshit. I'm not on board. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. She's. Especially with some of these themes coming up, which I mean, I again, this is why this movie felt like it just dragged on to me. Uh, are the, just these scenes of her just fucking hanging out with her friends and going to art galleries and shit? And then I'm like, like I get it, I understand we have to build some of this up. Um, you know her, but her whole, you know, her whole philosophy of you know, what if they're more than us? You know, what if they have, yeah, you know, Broken some people kind of are more than us. That's what she says. Right, yeah, um, you know, and, and basically, uh, we're just we're just getting a whole lot of the philosophy behind this of why these things are potentially capable. It's um, like or, it's like Ab Knight read a textbook and just like wrote it into the script, <laughs> right? And, but see, that's the thing that annoys the fuck out of me is if she were a teacher and she were teaching somewhere and she also had her own private practice and showed her in a classroom explaining these things, like I could buy that. We actually see that in The Conjuring, you know, with um, mm-hmm. with yeah. Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga. Like we kind of see that at the beginning of it. They're at a classroom. They're doing a demonstration. We see. We don't tell them about it. Yeah, like we actually. See film, it. Right? Yeah. right. And it's like here you just keep telling me about the potential that all these people have. And in such a fucking dramatic fashion, like all the time, it's always, you know, when at first she's talking to her friend and they're watching the TV and she says, you know, you don't believe them, do you? your patients? Oh, well, you know, what if they can be more than us and blah, blah, blah. Um and you know, not to not to skip ahead. I don't want to skip too far ahead because right after that, we're introduced to Patricia, and we see Patricia. You know, they think that she. I mean, literally, he does such a good job portraying you know this female personality that they think it's a woman. They think a it's woman. a totally different yeah. person, um, which is absolutely fantastic. This is one of the best reveals of one of his personalities, in my opinion. Um, I, I think just. I don't want to go past it. Um, sorry, just quickly. When he's in the when he's talking to Doctor Fletcher, I love that he refers to. Um, all of his identities as us mm-hmm, like right. dude that's fucking cool man it's kind of like a Venom thing you know yeah. us I'm like we oh that's Venom. cool it's, it's mm-hmm. cool um but basically, I, I I like Patricia a lot. I think she's actually one of my one of my favorite personalities. She's really um, intimidating, <laughs> right, dude? It's it's almost like 
how Scarlett Johansson was in the Jungle Book as like the snake. Like Ooh, there's something about that that's very cool, man. Good pull. <laughs> Thank you. I um, it, that, that's just kind of what it reminded me of. Um, I know I've heard some. I read some things about people giving shit to James McAvoy about his his vocal work in this. That some things oh, kind of end off. up. Bl- yeah, ex- exactly. I was <laughs> like, dude. Up. I mean, for one thing, the guy is Scottish, and not one of these goddamn characters is Scottish the entire time. Yeah. Um, you know, and the differences between Barry, Dennis, Hedwig, Patricia, uh, and even later on when he's when he's just Kevin, you know, and later on when he's the Beast. Like, I had a hard time buying that it was his voice when he was the Beast. Um Especially in the shots when he's in shadow and he's calling out. Like, I was like, dude, that does not sound like James McAvoy. Yeah, I was like, I, what I in they, the fuck? I thought they modulated it a little bit. Um, yeah. Which they, they, were, they very well might have. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, I think I, I think this movie does a really good job of, of um, uh, sort of differentiating between each of the, 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 the identities. Yeah. Um, like each one has a sort of a, a really sort of distinct uh, distinct thing, and, and like that's as an actor for McAvoy, that's a really big hurdle to overcome. I think. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but I, I I love this with um, I, I I love this whole thing with uh, with Patricia coming in and just the reveal. You know, they're all looking at looking at you know him slash her, and they're just like. Uh, what yeah, the man. fuck? See, this was ruined by the trailer for me. This would have been an amazing reveal if I hadn't seen the trailer beforehand. Oh, thank God I didn't see it. Uh, yeah, this is This is actually one of my favorite parts of the movie is the reveal. Yeah. The, the, this is where I start to pick up steam. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, like, I'm, this, I'm, is, this is wild. <laughs> this right, is so yeah. wild. <laughs> Dude, and just, just his dialogue of, you know, he, like, I, I've talked to Dennis, and mm. he's not allowed to touch you. And I'm like, Dude, I mean... Yes, dude, the dude. delivery of it. His face, his facial work is so good. The lips tighten together yeah. and kind of you know, the the you see the jawline refine more and the yeah. whole he's standing up straight and very very up. right, very prim, very proper. It's like okay, like I totally see this. Um, and also, I, I thought he's, I, I'm sure he's pretending to be a British person, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like so British. Oh yeah. Um, but um, <clears throat> sorry, I was taking a swig of my drink. Um, it's all good. But this this is more of kind of like that um, philosophical exposition, if you want to call it that, um, between um, uh, between Doctor. Uh, yeah, skip. skip exactly. <laughs> that, that, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, it doesn't add anything to the story. I think. Right. If anything, it only it kind of sets some some things up. Um, you know, they're basically saying that she, you know, she can't have her own conference. She's going to be part of the mood disorder panel. She's arguing that it's not. <clears throat> um, she's ar- arguing that it's not anything about moods. Um, you know, she's saying that. Uh, you know, basically, <laughs> her evidence is a dog that's reacting to people um, differently, uh, or reacting to personal multiple personalities within the same person. Um, and this is just where they beat us over the fucking head with it. I uh, this yeah. whoever this guy is Joe that he's talking to you know yeah exactly you know you you speak about him like they have powers or something and I'm like oh okay this is where you're starting to lose me dude because I'm say this is again this is this is the 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 mental state affecting the physical body and I just 
As as someone who kind of thinks logically, and I thought I didn't think I didn't know that this was the direction the movie was headed in. I didn't know that this was in the Unbreakable universe. I thought this was literally like an abduction kidnapping movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh god, why are we? What are we doing here? Like you know, right? I yeah, I, I would have liked to see that, man. I would have liked to see a more sort of a more realistic, grounded take on it than this kind of, like, superhero amalgamation. I guess he's more of a supervillain. Right, yeah. I, I, and and it's it's something that um, I, I do like the shot of her in the art gallery, actually, as she's looking at the painting. We see multiple, you know, multiple bodies, basically. <clears throat> it's kind of symbolic about what's going on with Kevin and Dennis and blah, blah, blah. I do like that. But if they had just put this up against something that was a little less just knocking us over the fucking head the whole time, uh, or either her teaching a seminar or teaching a class, like, I would have been fine with it. But just having conversations with people and... You know, just outright beating beating us over the head with it. It's so ham fisted. I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't, I don't need all of this. But, um, but moving on, I, I love the scene of Dennis walking in and making them clean the bathroom. I would have been like, fuck you, dude. I'm not cleaning that shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. I, in fact, I took a shit all over the walls. I'm not fucking. I just fuck you. Sprayed this shit with my diarrhea. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude. I, like, I, I can. When he holds out the thing, he's just so arrogant you know he holds out the bucket and he's like the blue ones for the floors you know blah 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 um which is great great vocal work you know dennis is obviously very annoyed i love it yeah exactly um but basically, you know, this is where he says, you know, I have talked to Miss Patricia and I promise not to touch you again. You know, and he says you're ba- basically safe for the great feast or something dude, along those lines. Sacred food. Sacred food, dude. <laughs> like at this point, I'm like, hey, girls, for sure commit suicide right now. Like, dude, like, know? oh, my God. <laughs> it, it's 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 it gets to a point where it's like, OK, you're being talked about like sacred food, that there's multiple people coming out like like I I I. I don't care what's going through your like what your past traumas are or what's going on in your life right that moment like the next time that guy comes through the door just fucking bum rush him like yeah. I mean, yeah. like uh, wait wait till he's Patricia or Hedwig and fucking crush his skull like, like yeah, I don't I th- care I what think, you do I think they should have they should have gone to Hedwig a little harder I think um like you know what I mean mm-hmm. like they they they're way too soft on him yeah I guess it is he is a 9 year old but fuck it like this guy's basically keeping you hostage. Um, I, I do like what Marsha says here. Like, I think she goes for, like, the logical uh, explanation. She thinks that he's got dogs and, like, they're going to feed him to – they're going to – he's going to feed them to his dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, <clears throat> which, I mean, going back to the whole thing about Hedwig, yeah, I would fucking beat the shit out of that kid if it meant I was getting the hell out of there. Like, I don't care. Fucking um, pump that kid to the next next fucking stadium, yo. <laughs> right. Which, I mean, but what's funny is he's another one of my favorite uh, of the of the personalities that comes out, and especially the way they introduce mm. him. That's one of the most iconic shots of the whole movie is him sitting so across. Like, oh, it's so good. So like, good. And again, like, and I've said this a thousand times on this podcast, when you've got something like when they wake up and he's sitting there in the door and they like it's it's super close him in the in the in the foreground and then in the background we see the door and it's very i feel like it's very symbolic of look how far away that door seems like Mm -hmm. look how far look how far away freedom seems from you um 
Also, this but, is this is the only thing that stands between you and freedom, right? Like, <laughs> right, exactly. And you, but that's another thing. It's like even if you got through this door, you don't even know how many more are on the other side of that door. It's like, oh god, like that's terrifying. Yeah, I think um, um, McAvoy's portrayal of Hedwig is my favorite. I think um, mm-hmm. just the way he moves, like his his movement, it's it's fantastic. His facial acting is fantastic. The voice work, so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I love uh, as he's going through and talking about, you know, the beast is coming for you. Um, You know, they ask him about like like they ask him about the sacred food thing. Um, You know, he just kind of like the way he shrugs it off and he always like like does his lips. He's like, oh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, dude, that's fucking hilarious. Um, And he he plays a kid so well, you know. You know, oh, no, I'm not supposed to say, you know, <laughs> like, dude, mm. he's fucking great. But is this um, a normal kid or is this like a not <laughs> not all up there kind of kid? Yeah, is, this, is, yeah, uh, is, is he a can't get right? Like, I'm not yeah. 100% sure. <laughs> is he a little, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but, um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I like how... Um, she manipulates him, right? Yeah, but just the line, she's like, so wait, you're not the guy that took us? He's like... <laughs> No, what are you blind? Yeah. He's so good. He's fucking fantastic, man. But she, uh, she pulls him in, and this is the moment where you just kind of like smack him in the face with your knee, right? Yeah, like, or like you know? take 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 one of your heels off and jam it in this fucking eye. Like do something. Yeah, you're dude. wearing heels. Like I didn't realize that until until uh, uh, until Claire pulls it out. I was like, they're wearing heels. Like you can't. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, whittle that shit down like a prison shank and fucking put it in his kidney. <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is great. This is where, you know, she'll um, – um, and it's, God, just such a good shot of him right before he closes the door. And he's got the arm, like, our arm of the door looking at her and smiling. But also when he, like, waddle walks over yeah. to her where he – stood, that's creepy as fuck, man. Creepy like, as fuck. Oh, dude. But this is, like you said, this is where she kind of manipulates him, you know, that this guy's going to be coming for you, that they say they want a boy this time. And it actually kind of works on him a little bit. You know, he's kind of like, well, no, you know, I didn't do anything wrong. You know, I, 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 yeah, I, I love the shots with Hedwig. They're some of the best ones. I don't know what it is about the way that they do the, like the shots with him, with his face being so close up in the camera and everything else, but looking so far back. Um, th- those are, those, this is one of my favorite scenes. So this is why I'm saying like the first, literally we're at the 27 minute mark and I'm like, all right, like I can get into it. You know, <laughs> like I can start digging this. Um, but even, you know, he starts crying. Like he literally starts like shedding tears about like the fact that he thinks he's in trouble, like a little kid. It's like, damn, that's fucking great. Um, you know, and just basically talking about how Miss Patricia thinks that he's stupid and like all of a sudden it's like, God damn, dude, like that is that is so fucking good. Mm. Um, it's it's fucking solid. It, like McAvoy is just I can harp on McAvoy about this 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 uh, performance for ages, man. But um, it's it's fantastic. But yeah, um, he leaves. Hedwig just fucking outright just just fucking slams the door behind him and the girl. Wait, but he mentioned something, right? Before he leaves, uh, I, I I remember the I have yeah, to blow um, my nose. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, he talks about about making the room safe, mm-hmm. um, and basically the girls, you know, assume that um, at one point this room was unsafe, um, and that means for, obviously for their for to hold them captive there, right? So 
Um, I love how this, this is great. This is what we needed um, instead of dialogue. <laughs> Some action from these girls. Um, just the way they're, they're like, you know, tapping around on the walls and shit, like trying to find like a, a hollow a hollow point. Um, but, yeah, Claire pulls out her heel, starts digging away the thing. This is a cool moment of tension, really like this. Um, I think the, the big thing to take away from here, though, from this is... <sighs> McAvoy as Hedwig pushing against the door and McAvoy as Dennis pushing against right. the door. Like, mm-hmm. dude, so fucking cool. Yeah, his strength, the comparison in strength is just like, holy shit. Like, he just, yeah. like, literally you can feel Hedwig and he's like, you got to be a bitches, you know, and I mm. love his dialogue. But, like, you can tell when Dennis comes back and it's like, oh, shit. And the way he just stands there in the door with his shirt unbuttoned, it's like, dude, you know that guy's pretty pissed off if he didn't take the time to button that shirt up. Like, yeah. he's fucking as OCD as he is. But Yeah, and, like, that, that, this isn't one of those things where that I'm complaining about. Um, about him being stronger in a different sort of like identity. This is more like a like a, a, a force of will thing. Like you you know, as Dennis, you can get through this door. Whereas as a Hedwig, you don't really have that kind of confidence and things like that. Like you know. Right, yeah. I think one interesting thing, too, about Hedwig is the fact that he's the only one, that I think, that can take the light whenever he wants. Like, a yeah. dead, like he's he's the only one that can just, like, snap right into it, which is so funny because the one person who's, like, almost powerless has the has the opportunity to jump in any time mm-hmm. that they want. I'm like, oh, that's fucking cool. That's interesting. But I don't get how that works, though. Yeah, I don't either. I, I, maybe it's just the a more you— convenience. Yeah, or the more you want it, like the less you're gonna get it, you know. And if you don't give a fuck, you know, it's like it's just a ease of it. I don't know, but mm-hmm. either way, Claire makes a run for it. She almost, I mean, she gets pretty goddamn far, dude. I mean, she gets all the way through those lockers and escapes to the vet, and um, you know, Dennis finds her again, and, and he he even says he's like, oh, I thought I almost lost you, and it's like, oh, fuck, you're so close. Can I throw um, something out there? Yo, um, and as a 24 year old, I can say this: Claire is hot. <laughs> At first, I, I totally thought this was like I just called her not Hayden Panettiere. Like that's just totally who I thought that she was through the whole movie. From Heroes, yeah, yeah. Um, Her name's Haley Lou Richardson. Well, she was born in '95. I was born in '93. So, hey, Haley Lou, if you're listening to this, let's uh, go for coffee. Yeah, right. <laughs> g- g- give me a call. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, base- and basically they wind up separating her from the rest of the group and sealing her off, and they seal up the vent up there, um, which is just, uh, again, just a real kind of like morally crushing defeat. <clears throat> um, we get more of shit with Dr. Fletcher Hatcher or whatever the fuck her name is because I, I, I just don't fucking care anymore. Just her, just her dead-eyeing the fucking camera looking right into mm. it, and I'm literally – Fast forwarding through it and I'm falling asleep. Like, it's like, holy shit. Um, but it's just, you know, just basically her talking about, you know, again, same <laughs> shit that we've heard fucking 20 times about multiple personalities and how, you know, one, you know, one of them needs insulin and, you know, one of them likes to do the grocery shopping, but the other one doesn't or whatever the fuck is going on. Um, it is, that's what I hate, man, is that it is interesting and I can buy that. I can buy it just as, just as well as I can buy. 
you know, um, it's kind of like Bane in The Dark Knight Rises. You know, they give him this like super strength, but it's just enough to where it is a little unbelievable. You know, you see him punching through cement blocks and shit later on in the movie. But mm. like that is so tastefully done because we don't see him like we don't see him like literally rip people in half or like bend metal bars. All we see is in his kind of final moments of the Dark Knight Rises where he's panicking and he's swinging at everything him literally punching through fucking brick and I was like okay that's kind of cool like that's that's tasteful you gave me just a little bit more than I was like okay that's unbelievable but it's okay because I'm here at a movie you know versus with this it like constantly wants to stay at that level of like uh, like uh, unbelievability I guess if you want to call it that which again I understand I'm watching a movie but it's like it's a little hard to get over sometimes because they just consistently stay at that level like if you just gave me little bits and pieces of that uh, it would be okay but with the whole climbing on the walls and then bending the bars and you know jumping over fences and stuff <clears throat> it is cool but just tone that down just a little bit more yeah. and it'll it'll makes me appreciate the, the moments that come more because I don't get them as frequently I agree um, and I, I think all of these like uh, Dr. Fletcher moments of like her explaining all this is like just a way to kind of like soften the blow for when the beast does come and like and I didn't buy it I'm sure maybe other people would have um, but I, I literally wrote in my notes Fletcher is not selling me about the psychological affecting the physical mm. um, it just it just doesn't happen it's it's not a it's not it's not a hurdle that I can get over unfortunately right yeah um but yeah, we we basically we get Barry showing up. He sent another email, I think this time. Yeah, um, yeah, basically saying that they need to talk. She doesn't, you know, she is taking it seriously. Um, but you know, but to a point, she thinks that, one of the other identities emailed her, right? Not not Barry. Right. She, um, she, yeah, she's not. I mean, I can't. I, there's just so fucking many. I can't even remember which one exactly I, that she I says. Them, I wrote them down. She's like. Uh, I think it might have been Orwell or Heinrich or Samuel or Jade. Yeah, it's like holy shit, and we we actually do get to see some of those in the video files later yeah, on, which yeah. is which is really interesting. It kind of makes me wish I'd seen at least one or two more like undesirables. Um, but you know, the three that we get are such a great hand. You know, between Dennis, Patricia, and Hedwig, it's kind of like mother, father, son. I actually do. <laughs> I actually do like that like little turn. Um, but yeah, she basically calls him out right here and says, you know, this is not Barry. This is Dennis. You know, you've adjusted the candy bowl twice, you know, and he's trying to blow her off. You know, I, I don't know why he's saying this, you know, and he eats the candy and throws the wrapper and tries to, you know, tries to throw her off. Um, but she's kind of, you know, sh she knows that he knows that she knows that he knows kind of thing. She <laughs> like it's like she she can tell that he's trying to blow her off, but she's just going to play it cool and basically act like, oh, you know, you must forgive me. I It's my job to challenge you and blah 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 and she's trying to kind of get him off guard she's trying to make him ease now because she knows for a fact that this is not Barry anymore and that basically comes at the moment where uh, where we get our cameo from uh, M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong um, which is pretty cool because uh, I, I actually do like that he's kind of I really do he like loves yeah. He loves the cameos. I, I love him. I love him, too. I love seeing Quentin Tarantino I pop up in, yeah. in Pulp Fiction and shit. Like, I love seeing that. I dig it. Um, but just him basically walking through the trash. You know, they said anybody normal would have just walked around it. This is a deliberate act. It's Dennis trying knows that he's on camera and wants to be seen walking through the trash to prove that it couldn't possibly be Dennis, which I, th I thought was really interesting. Um, but, like, I, I, I kind of like um, – 
I, 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 I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Like, I like the subplot of what goes on with Casey and, you know, her uncle and, and, and all of this, but it is, um, is it something, did you expect it to go this way when you saw it the first time? Like, did you expect it to go the route that it inevitably takes? Or is that something that kind of caught you off guard? Um, I think the way it's shown it kind of caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting, I was, I wasn't expecting it to be shown like that. But yeah, I definitely because, like I said, I know someone who's kind of gone through this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I knew that you know the way Casey was acting, like something's happened to her. <clears throat> something's definitely happened to her in her past. And like as soon as they bring up the first flashback, I was like, okay, so they're gonna show us. They're going to start showing us things now um, that show us how she got this way, and I can't imagine it being a good thing. Um, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, I, I had an, I had a feeling, I had an idea, um, and did I know? Did I did I guess that it was a sexual assault of a of a minor? No, mm-hmm. but um, I, I definitely. I definitely was leaning towards like something like that, and, and it's look so, seeing seeing something like this on film. It's never easy. It's it's no it's it's never a good time. But I think it's uh, to kind of like to kind of to shape characters. I think it's it's necessary. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's like it's it's uncomfortable, but you know that's that's kind of the you know the whole subject matter of what we're dealing with is uncomfortable. We're you know talking about people with different identities and different um, different personalities and different abilities. Um, and so, how I mean, they became that way, right, right? Yeah, exactly. Because Kevin's Kevin's identity is kind of manifested from his childhood. Right. Yeah. Um, like that, which is which is kind of interesting. Like, like I, I didn't even think about this, but um, and I'm but I'm glad they didn't go into an aspect of like her also possibly having different personalities, because this is abuse that she experienced around the same age that like Kevin was. So, like, for all we know, it could like I, I kind of suspected it might go that route at some point that she was going to have some kind of personality as well but i'm glad that it didn't do that because i was like ah this is kind of weird like like is it gonna lead up to this is that how she's going to survive this and it is kind of how she survives this instead of having multiple personalities we see uh, you know later on in the movie that she you know that she's a cutter that she's you know that she uh, that she's hurting herself um and that's kind of like her coping mechanism versus this is his coping mechanism. And he respects that about her. That's what I like. He respects that. He's like, you know, ah, like you're one of us kind of thing, which is fucked up. But at the same time, like it's it's something like he said, the broken are the ones who kind of understand, um, which is which is which is really interesting. But um, but yeah, moving on, this is where we get um, another scene with Patricia, one of my favorite scenes, actually, um, when she comes in and, you know, she's just standing over Casey as she wakes up. She's like, we're going to have a proper meal and I'm going to do your hair. Um, and I, I think that's great. You know, her combing the hair and she jerks her hair back. She's like, sorry. <laughs> um, but but yeah, just this um, just this whole thing of you know making making them the sandwiches and putting the flour in their hair. It's it's nice, but at the same time, it's like extremely. Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Like it's like extremely unsettling. 
Um, because here's I'm this person. Is the right word. Right. It's you're being so nice, but at the same time, like you talked, you you called me sacred food. Like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? Um, but basically, yeah, she takes uh, Casey and Marcia in there and starts making them these sandwiches. And I love that she does the uneven cut and just slams it down and scares the shit out of them because, of course, they think it's about you know Marcia. She's she's you know she's talking about getting out of there. She's gesturing over to uh, to Casey. Um, and it was funny is I was watching this with uh, Lindsay's brother and as as we're watching and he goes he goes God fucking deck her ass with that chair and literally she started picking <laughs> up the chair and I, he was like oh yeah. holy shit he's like that never yeah. happens um, I thought that was dude, fucking great dude um, this this uneven cutting of the of the of the sandwich is this Dennis coming through I don't know you know is it I don't know if it's just if that is somewhat of a trait of of all the personalities, because basically the personalities are coping defense kind of mechanisms. Yeah. Um, and I mean, his mother was obviously a clean freak. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was, if it was something that, that multiple of the personalities had picked up. Okay. Yep. Yep. I can buy, I can buy that. Um, just quickly, did we go part, um, did we go past the part where Dennis, I, I think it might've been to Dr. Fletcher, actually the same before, um, where um, he says that the base exists in a train yard because Kevin's dad left on a train. We I might think we have. Um, yeah, I think that's just important later. Yeah, I was going to say it's either that conversation or the next one. I, I can't remember. Somewhere um, they, they, all, they all tend to kind of blend together eventually. Right. Right, exactly. Um, which is really interesting because um, there's actually like I, there's some people who obviously this movie has so many heavy ties to uh, Unbreakable, um, but there's speculation that it's actually the train that David Dunn is on in Unbreakable. That's why uh. Kevin's dad. That's why he never came home. Um, which is really interesting because if you take into if you take into account. What we know about Unbreakable, which sorry, we're gonna ruin a movie that's eighteen years old. Um, Fuck yes, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna ruin a movie that's legally allowed to vote and join the military um, <laughs> and, and, and drink in certain countries, not mine, and, but um, and, and and watch porn. Yeah, right, and fucking rent a car and shit. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> we um, you know. Uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, sets off this train to find a superhero, basically. And we've seen that he's done this several times with no success. And that's where he finds David Dunn. <clears throat> What's interesting is that in the same breath that he created a superhero, he's uh, he's basically created a supervillain. Because in without Devin, without his dad there to protect him, it's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's kind of insane. And that's really interesting. That's something that I've always kind of harped on with superhero movies that we never see uh, – the hero and the villain kind of get their origin in the same breath. I think that's really, really, really yeah, cool. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't piece that together. Um, and also, there actually is uh, just real quick while we're on it in Unbreakable. There's um, yeah, where David can kind of brush up against people and he sees what basically what they're doing. He kind of has this like second sight kind of uh, ability, I guess, if you want to call it that. Uh, but he brushes past a little boy and he sees that the little boy is being like severely abused by his mom, and it's heavily speculated that that's actually Kevin from this film um, because originally Kevin was supposed to be in Unbreakable. Um, he thought it. He thought it'd be cool to have a superhero and a supervillain, um, but he was like, you know, honestly, with all the stuff going on between between Samuel Jackson and uh, Bruce 
Willis that he thought it was just going to be a little bit too much with all three of them um, at that time, trying to set all of these characters up that fast. So, I mean, I think it's I think I I do think that was a great idea to put this off and wait to do it later. Um, maybe not 15 years later, 16 years later. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, I can't say anything. I like this movie and I like Unbreakable. And it's like it's one of the few times where making a sequel 15 years later actually fucking worked. I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. Um, but either way, the, uh, getting back to uh, after that small tangent, uh, getting back to this, these scenes with uh, Patricia, uh, Barcia picks up this chair, smashes her over the back with it. Uh, but just as soon as she turns around, I love that Casey shoves the table into Patricia and she's just buying her time, basically buying yeah. Marcia time. Um and she's got that fucking knife. And the only thing that I kind of thought is she's like, go to your room, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And, and she actually does. She walks off and goes to her room. And as Patricia walks off, it's like, no, now's the time when you go and you find some weapon. So when she comes back, you just fucking cut her head off or something. No. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically, Patricia finds uh, Marcia, catches her. She gets the same treatment as Claire. They're going to lock her up in a room by herself. Why didn't you put all three of them in separate rooms to fucking begin with? Oh, <laughs> is, I know. Is what I'm I asking had myself. Same fucking idea. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I, I think Dennis wasn't wasn't thinking at that point. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. That's that kind of left me scratching my head, but. Um, we get. To, I do like the scene of Dennis run, rushing in and you know telling her about the beast and then you know the beast is coming for you and he can't even get it out though. He's like, look at you, you got a crumb on your shirt and it's like, oh my god, like I sorry, I went a little Christopher Walken there. Uh, but, <laughs> you got um, a crumb on your shirt. That would be so funny if it were just p- multiple personalities, but they were all just like seriously quirk, quirky <laughs> actors. It's like <laughs> like Jeff Goldblum and. <laughs> right. It's like Goldblum and Walken and like a bunch of quirky ass people. Um, oh, but um, but yeah, this is where we uh, we go back to this uh, to this subplot about uh, Casey and her and her uncle. And this is where things like you can this is something is unsettling right off the bat because it's like, where's her dad? Like something yeah. something where's is very dad? like there's no music. The sound of his back cracking is crazy. <laughs> Right, and it's actually kind of interesting because if you look at the framing of it, she's not quite in the center of it. She's over to the left a little bit, and it yeah. leaves this empty space, and it kind of draws your attention to it. Like, why is there an empty space next to her? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Like, and I, I just took it as you know, we're showing this, we're showing kind of how vulnerable that she is that her dad's not there and something is going on. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Because um, anything like, I'm not going to lie, I don't, I'm not an incredibly like sensitive person. There's not a lot that, that would make me walk out of a room or turn something off, but anything to do with anything intestinal, seeing somebody get their intestines ripped out and, you know, kind of bleh, fucks with me, but also anything with, with any kind of like rape, I can't like, I don't know. I just like shut down. Like I, I, I don't get like, yeah, I don't get like mad about it, but like, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine if I came up on that scene in real life, like, I don't know what I would do. Like, I think I would literally go from like Bruce Banner to the Hulk in milliseconds. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like, I feel like yeah. I would just lose it. It's, that's, that's one of the only. I'll, I'll just, I'd, I'd rush at the guy, even like, even though he's like a lot bigger than me. I just, out of instinct, I think I'd just fucking pound his face in. 
Right. It's like, yeah, it, it, it just like that's something that's like I would rather take the risk of getting shot and stabbed than sit there and like let someone experience that. Like there's something about that that just enrages me. And rightfully so. I wish I wish everyone well, felt that way. Um, well, yeah, it's I mean, like it's uh, in, in a lot of circles, it's actually viewed um, uh, um, it's viewed worse than murder. Um, because you're not only are you like depriving someone of their freedom and liberty, you're also hurting them at the same time. And this is why, in a lot of prisons and you know, um, and things like that, um, other 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 uh, convicts often attack rapists. Right. Yeah, they're literally like the lowest of the low on the yeah. on the on the food chain, and rightfully so. Um, but either way, we get the scene uh, after that small scene of our subplot. We cut back over to uh, Casey in bed, and I would have shit all yeah. over him. I would have shit all over him from from fear, dude. I would have fucking like, yeah. I would have, I would have, sh- I would have shit, sh- I would have shit splatter sprayed all over his ass, dude. Like, there's no way. I mean, that would have scared the fuck out of me, man. Um, yeah, but when he is- climbs over her, mm-hmm. creepy. But there is something almost kind of innocent about it because, like, you got to think if 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 I woke up and there was a nine year old kid in the bed with me hugging me like that, I honestly would almost feel more safe about it than it were an adult. It's like, well, you're not going to do anything. You don't even know what to do. Like, like you don't even know. You don't have no knowledge of like, like the like the female body and what you would even do. Like, no, no. you can you can tell that there's some kind of attraction. Um, well, you between... wouldn't even know what masturbating is. Right? I, yeah. Exactly. I didn't when I was nine. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow, I got weird dick feelings right now. I don't know what they are. Um, But, yeah, this is where we get this scene of just him talking about, you know, he says that, you know, I can take the light anytime that I want. That's why Dennis and Patricia like me, which is fucked up because they're basically using Hedwig. They don't give a fuck. Hedwig's not – I hate to say it. Like, he's not – think – let's buy into this. Let's buy into the fact that he is a real nine-year-old child and, like – is he really good or bad? Like, not really. I don't just, I just don't think he knows any better. Yeah. Um, it's, he's not really good nor bad. He's only aligned with them because, A, he's made fun of, he's treated like shit, but now he's an important person to them. They make him feel useful. And that's the only reason why he's aligned with them because he can take over any time that he wants and then pass the torch to them immediately. Um, which, okay, well, that's. But- but when you were nine, you know the difference between right and wrong. That is true. Yeah, I died. Like, I mean, I knew that eating people and sacrificing them to the beast yeah. was not was not so, a good thing. It's not um, not great, <laughs> right? But I but I think that they, I think they, like I said, they they manipulate him and just his his insecurities about you know the other personalities don't like him. They make fun of him and call him stupid. Even Patricia does. You know, they basically just manipulate him for their own end. Um, and I would be really curious to see what they do with Hedwig and Glass because I feel like. That could potentially be a downfall with with the with the beast is the fact that he needs the beast needs Hedwig. All of them need Hedwig. And even though he's kind of he's almost like Frankenstein in the monster squad, like, yeah, he's a bad guy. But at the same time, he could probably be swayed over pretty easily to, like, do some good and like fuck fuck up the antagonist of the story. Um 
but either way, um, this is this is one of my favorite scenes coming up. You know, um, yeah. oh wait, no, 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 we're not, we're not there yet. We're not no. there yet. But just um, this scene, just this scene. Um, <laughs> you might be pregnant now. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's can, can I kiss you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I love this whole scene with uh, with Hedwig and just him going on about you know the fact that he's never seen the beast, um, which is really interesting. None of them have ever seen him, but there's just like almost like this like cult religious kind of like feels to the whole thing like it's mentality. I, I, yeah right that's that's what i think is so like super interesting um and we get a bit of a connection here between hedwig and casey as well um you know she's basically saying she's like you know no i wouldn't I, you know i don't lie i wouldn't lie about anything you know and you know i'll tell you something and you tell me if i'm lying or not you know and this is where we get a little bit of development from her which is again it's kind of exposition but whatever you know it's it's done well so i can kind of handle it you know the fact that she's talking about she gets in detention just so she doesn't have to be with it with everybody um i do like that because it's it's kind of like it's almost like they're playing truth or dare as like little kids in a way you know mm-hmm. I, but we do we learn a little bit more about her just a hair um which is kind of cool I, I i do like that like i said because it's it's actually done well it's not like you know it's not just the girls at the beginning be like oh she's so weird she stays away from everybody why is she so weird she's weird like i uh, i fucking hate that at the beginning of it just the way they try and like beat us over the head with that i just uh i just can't stand that but see but what i, what I like about this is that i guess the only person that can like really understand her is a nine-year-old boy but not really right like well, yeah, it's another sort of mentally sort of traumatized person right yeah and he he's basically the only one who um yeah. <laughs> Not so much that they relate, but that she can kind of like, like I said, I think that's where the good in Hedwig comes from. Is he like he's not necessarily he's kind of just like neutral, you know, like like yes, yeah. he doesn't he does no good from bad, but he's kind of neutral to that. But I love the look on his face, the way he looks at her, and he's like, okay, I'll show you something cool in my room. Like I think that's so fucking cool, man. I love the way that he love the way that he looks at her. But he says, "Mr. Dennis, uh, Mr. Dennis has an appointment, so we'll have to wait after that." But also, uh, we've got an appointment right now. We've got to go take a piss and fill up our drinks and take a bit of a break here. So um, we'll be back. You guys hang tight, and uh, we'll come back with the second part of Split right after this. Sir, I think you have the wrong car. You've emailed for an appointment two days in a row. Tell me what's going on. I've never seen a case like this before. 23 identities live in Kevin's body. Did something happen? There's a flower on the pillows, a flower in the bathroom. Like, we're important. Who is that? Maybe she can help us. We're here! Why are you here? Don't worry. He knows what you're here for. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows that. Mm-mm. My name's Hedwig. I have red socks. How old are you? Nine. The human brain is the most complex object in the universe. The only way we're getting out of here is if one of them decides to let us out. Aren't you the clever one? Hedrick, could you help us? Okay. I have a window in my room, 
Maybe you could show us. Oh, that's here. Now it's closed. Now it's open. Did you think it was a real window? So you could leave? An individual with multiple personalities can change their body chemistry with their thoughts. Someone's coming for you. What will happen when he unlocks the potential of his brain? There is no limit to what he can become. Tonight is a sacred night. You will be in the presence of something greater. The world will understand now. The beast is real. things to people and he'll do awful things to you okay guys welcome back uh we are we are freshly refreshed and have our drinks and our bladders are empty and we're ready to roll um but um but yeah basically where we've left off here is this meeting between quote unquote barry uh and dr fletcher uh this is where she's she's kind of starting to uh you know she's she's like i said she's playing this like i know that he knows that we know kind of thing um and you know she's she's kind of um she's kind of playing on the fact that this is Dennis. Uh, she brings up a time at his job when uh, two girls ran up and put their, put, uh, <clears throat> put Kevin's hands, I guess on their, on their breast. Uh, and this is obviously, I think something Dennis! to draw. Yeah. <laughs> I think this is something to really draw Dennis out because he's like, I mean, a obviously is uh, infatuated with, with young girls, like she said earlier. Um, but also Dude, at the same time, oh, go ahead. This is one of my favorite scenes of McAvoy. <laughs> like oh just yeah, kind of like seeing seeing him squirm uh, as uh, as Dennis pretending to be Barry while Doctor Fletcher is telling him this story. Like, um, and then immediately when Dennis comes out, oh, it's so good. Yeah, I think I think it's great because you kind of just see this, the 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 de evolution of him. Like you can see the mask kind of start to um, mm. like kind of start to kind of start to slip off. Um, and this is where we get a whole other shit ton about exposition about the beast, the fact that his skin is thick like the height of a rhinoceros, and Real that he can rough. Yeah, um, you know that he can jump over walls and do this and do that. Um, but I mean, his doctor. I mean, she's um, she's obviously. I mean, she's she's smart though. She knows she knows exactly who this is and who she's talking to. Um, you know, and she's she's kind of empowering him. You know, you're strong, you're disciplined, you are not one to be taken advantage of. I can see why you know you you took over. You were protecting him. You know, you can trust me. You know. Um, you know, she said, and this is where we learned. She's like, I do have the ability to use Kevin's name and pull him forward, um, and bring him to the light to basically kind of do a clean reset. Uh, but to do that, apparently, you know, is utter chaos for these personalities, um, which is something that she does not want to do for the fact that uh, it's going to wind up kind of. Um, kind of hurting all of them. But, you know, she placed Dennis's strengths. She knows that he's this meticulous and strong person. Um, 
And just just as she's talking to him, we don't really get a lot of shots of her. We get a lot of shots of McAvoy and just see his face as, as she's saying, you know, I accept you. You're not evil, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, you were necessary. And we see his face just start to get a little bit more comfortable and a little bit more comfortable. And eventually that eyebrow kind of goes up and he sits up straight and it's like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, there he is. There's Dennis. Like, you can it's just tell. good, man. McAvoy is perfection. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Um and, uh, you know, this is, you know, they're talking about, they, they keep calling us the whore. They keep calling us the horde. I almost said the whore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the fucking slut. Right. Um, you know, they keep calling us the horde. We're not perfect if we don't admit to be ridiculed. You know, we're all struggling, blah, blah, blah. Um, and she actually gets kind of teary-eyed at this, you know. She actually, I do like that, that Fletcher's kind of emotional about this. And she shakes his hand. She's like, I'm pleased to meet you. Um you know, and, and I think that you know there is there is a part of Dennis that she does like that he is trying to protect Kevin, um, and that she's trying to you know try, they're they're both in their own weird way trying to look out and do the best for Kevin, what they think is the best. You know, his he thinks the best is the you know the beast uh, to release him. You know, and she's trying to obviously you know she doesn't believe in any of that, but she's trying to kind of keep the peace among the personalities, which is all. Also, what's best for Kevin? So they're also they're both kind of on the same side, but also not at the same time. Um, but um, but yes, there, again, she gets another email in the middle of the night about you know who in the world you know emailed her um, and. Um, you know, and trying to figure out exactly what's going on. But this is where, you know, they start talking about his beliefs and the story of the beast, uh, which is all, it's just, it, it is super interesting, but it's just so, uh, it's just way too strong. It just comes on. Um, and this is where she says, you know, that, that, uh, he resides in a train yard because that's where Kevin's dad left that's him. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I fucked that up. No, no, no I, because again, these scenes, there's so many of them that it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to, unless you're, like sitting there watching it beat for beat, it's kind of hard to, you know, keep up and know exactly which which scenes are which. Um, but this, I, I just, I, I like this whole scene between them just because they do actually go on about the beast a little bit, and they're kind of confronting like the elephant in the room and talking about. Finally, she's able to figure out that it's that it's Dennis, and they have a, a good like. I, I like it. There is like, even though they are somewhat at odds with each other, there's like a mutual respect. I do like that. You know, he respects what she's doing. She respects what he's doing. I do like that. I do get that sense of like a mutual uh, a mutual respect between the two of them, which I really what dig. Do you- what do you think about the beast? What, uh, what, like the direction of the movie at this point, where it's headed? What do you think about it? Um, I, th- I think it's cool. I think, I think the payoff is good for the setup. The fact that we've been kind of just kind of drip fed stuff about this, we haven't really been told exactly what he is. I mean, we have in so many words and so many ways. Um, but I, I actually like it. I, I, I do. I like what the beast can be and how it and how it can be set up, but it is the setup of it is just a little. They kind of beat you over the head with it, um, but I do like you know I I, I don't know because I'm torn. You know how do you how do you describe the beast and, and how she does it is good. She is kind of like 
you know, she's like, it's a fantasy. You know, the fact that he can crawl on walls and take these gunshot wounds and stuff. Yes, it is like super exposition-y, but at the same time, it's almost like necessary because we're describing something that we haven't seen. And we can't, I mean, we can't show him yet. We just can't. You know, it's it's impossible. We haven't gotten to that point in the movie yet. Um but um, I, I don't mind it. I, I like the way they set it up. It's just kind of like almost larger than life character. Um, and you, we don't really know. They don't know. They haven't seen him. It's really just it's almost like it's almost like they're Jesus in a way, like they're kind of building him up and, you know, making, uh, you know, making like a ritual sacrifice yeah, like, or like, whatever. Like savior kind of thing. I get it. Right, exactly. So I, I don't mind it. I think it's pretty cool. What do you think of it? Mm. Well, I'm on record as saying I don't like the direction they took. Um, like I don't, I don't. Uh, the the I, I don't. I mean, I, I wish I wish the movie kind of like was a bit more grounded, um, a bit more realistic, a bit more of a, a of a hostage sort of kidnap scenario where this guy with like 23 different personalities um, <clears throat> just kind of holds his kids uh, these 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 girls um, for ransom or something. I don't know. I would have liked to see a bit more of that. Uh, but I also, at the same time, I like seeing <coughs> Kevin's different personalities and them kind of wrestling with each other and things like that. So um, if we are doing this this beast thing where it all kind of like leads to this one sort of um, identity that has yet to sort of manifest itself, I think it's it's okay. Um, I, I, I like... I appreciate the setup a bit more than the payoff. Um, mm-hmm. Not not the fact that there's so much setup, but more more the fact that it's. Um, I like. It's one of the, for me. It's one of those jaws things, right? Like you hear more about the shark than you actually see it. If that makes right. sense, like right, I like. Yeah, I like that a bit more um, than than what we get at the end. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I can I can see your point there because it's mm-hmm. kind of they don't they tell us more about the beast than we actually see it. But when we do see it, there I wish they had pulled back just a little bit, um, like so we can understand what he's capable of. But at the same time, we see a lot of stuff. You know, we see the shotgun blast and the knife and climbing up the walls. And yeah, not a fan of him climbing up the walls. Even though she says, "Oh, you know, this guy was able to find like the the nubs." the little nubs in the walls and shit like that. I was like, mm, yeah, I'm not mm. buying it. Not yeah. buying it. Um, this is actually another one of my favorite scenes of the movie where we move to, um, um, where we, uh, oh God, sorry. I've forgotten our main character's name. Um, Hedwig. Oh, 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 Casey. Yeah. Sorry. I almost said Katie. Uh, but yeah, this <laughs> is, this is, uh, this is Casey and Hedwig, you know, where he comes yeah, in and, and this dances. Is to, oh dude, just the, and, and, and it's, it's great because he, he actually is kind of like, man, he's dancing his ass off, you know, like, like he's actually <laughs> kind of like captivating. This is James McAvoy fucking killing it, man. I don't know how he didn't get like nominated or something for this role. Right, because it's it's also like it's captivating, but at the same time it's terrifying. The way he like yeah. that that kind of like da, 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 like head jolt as he's coming towards the camera, and the ways they cut back behind him as he's like sh- as he's doing that kind of like shimmy shake like jive kind of thing. Um, how, he- um, how funny is it that the the mouse stops uh, <laughs> stops stops uh, spinning on the wheel as soon as he turns the music off? 
Yeah, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, but yeah, this is um, basically, uh, you know, Hedwig has said that there's a window in his room. And that's the whole reason that she's there, you know, is trying to figure out this an- another means of escape. Um, Love this moment. Yeah, I love that he's like he's like. Is that the only reason you wanted to see my room so you could escape, yeah. etc. <laughs> etc. Et like yeah, he does that a couple times, etc. <laughs> yeah, he's he's absolutely great. But um, you know, she has a great she has a great moment where she starts to freak out. No, I'm sorry. You know, let's stay here and look at your room. I'm sorry, I don't want to leave. You know, blah blah blah. She's trying to like she's trying to backpedal so much. And but what I love is that in that backpedaling, I love the, the like. And this is something that Edgar Wright is really great at things coming into frame you know out of nowhere a hand shoving something yes. and the way he shoves that radio, the radio. Out, you're, you're, it's, mm. it's like it's like the golden ticket it's like oh like oh shit yeah, like, it's I like can, it might as well have a, a coral kind of like music in the background like oh <laughs> right yeah and that that's and the way she downplays it is really great she's like wow that's really cool you know and she's just kind of you know downplaying it a little bit and he says that this yeah. is from mr dennis's job he doesn't even know that i've stole it yet so um, let me talk about this for a little bit because this, I, this, this is the part of the movie that infuriated the hell out of me. Mm. This fucking security guard, uh, probably up top somewhere. Like seriously, <laughs> seriously, how many times do you need to be told, or even like you, you, you're that terrible at reading the voice patterns in someone's voice to know that they're being legitimate about this? Like, this is not a joke. Right, yeah. Like, how would somebody have one of your radios and, like, tuning into your frequency and figuring that out? Like, come on, yeah. dude. Like, even – I mean, I don't know. Even if it's just a joke, like, I, I mean, treat it seriously. And if it's a joke, well, whatever. You got one pulled over on you. But if but, you're wrong – that's, an, that's another thing. Like, I mean, if there is a police search out there, like, it, it, how – like – you know what I mean? Like, if there's a police search out there, the police are going to make it known that there is a person. Like, there are these three girls out there um, who are in trouble, who are who have been kidnapped, and and probably they've released their names. She mm-hmm. says her names multiple times here, and the security guard's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa let's stop, stop, stop fucking around!" Like, ah, it, it annoys me. It annoys me. It annoys the hell out of me. Yeah, because he's just so trivial. He's like, okay, well, you know, I, I think it's like Betsy or somebody, whoever the person is on the radio that he thinks it is. He's like, t- he's like, uh, he's like, tell him that I still got his orange headphones and blah blah blah, you know, and just kind of playing it off. But what I love is that at the end of the movie, when she's released, we see that guard, and he's uh-huh. and he's got orange headphones on. He's like, oh fuck, and he looks at her and points. He's like, oh shit. Um, but this is great. This is a great scene. Uh, uh, she starts radioing for him, and Hedwig freaks out and charges her with the bat. I was like, "Oh shit, dude!" Yeah. Like I was, I was not expecting that. Um, which kind of kills my theory about Hedwig just being neutral because he's just like <laughs> fucking gonna crush her skull in with a bat. See, but he's doing it more for himself. He's doing it more mm-hmm. so he doesn't get hurt by Patricia or Dennis. But but that being said, this is also one of my favorite moments of McAvoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis in the dark, just turning around and like approaching her. Oh my god, it's so scary, man. <laughs> yeah, and switching into Patricia just like it's nothing. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, was, I, I said Dennis, but it's actually Patricia. 
Sorry. Well, God, there's just so many, you know, so many of them. It's hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I love this because she's walking down the hallway, just that kind of in the sun, we will find our passion in the sun and we will find our purpose. Uh, and I love what she says. You know, I saw that on a card, a funeral card <laughs> in the supermarket. And I thought it was lovely. Um, <laughs> which I just I love that accent. It's so crisp and clean and, and British. Um, yeah, British. Um, but um but yeah, this is you know she kind of she kind of pops off, and as she as as um, as she disappears, that's where we get Dennis coming back in. But right in that moment, I, it's kind of hard for me to see what is it that that Casey grabs off the ground. Is it a key, or is it like a paperclip, or what is it that she could that she uses to escape later on? I can't exactly tell what it is. Uh, I don't know. Dude, it's it's very hard for me to make it out. Like n- not just like watching it, like on my phone and stuff, but at the same time, like watching it earlier, it was kind of hard for me to figure out exactly what it was that she picked up. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Through, if- I'm going through and trying to uh, figure it out, but I'm not seeing it. It's either way. She grabs. She grabs something. I'm not sure exactly what it is. I think. I think it is a key or it's some kind of like paperclip. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, but yeah, this is this is where we get kind of uh, Dennis coming back in, which is uh, like if you had to be locked in a room with one of these, which would you rather be locked in with, Patricia or Dennis? Um, probably Patricia, only because she thinks uh, she thinks she's a woman, and I could probably overpower her. Oh yeah, <laughs> sexist. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just saying, like you know, if 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 we're if we're using the logic of the movie and you know the the psychology affects the the human body, like then I'm I'm gonna say that you know because she's a woman, then I can overpower and probably get the hell out. Well, especially compared to Dennis, you know, we've seen Dennis's physical strength. Yeah, um, you know, just did, just him shoving through that door and stuff. That's really great, but. Uh, this is where he just kind of talks about the beast time is at hand. He says the time for humanity is almost over. Yeah, um, I do now. You know, yeah, really? See, I, yeah. I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't mind this because it's almost like cult-ish kind of stuff. I didn't mind that because it's 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 not so much telling us what the beast can do, but it's telling us what the beast kind of believes. And it's it's very quick. It's only a couple lines. It's not like, oh, he – oh. I think it's – I think it's just because I'm, I'm not on board with the beast. I think that's why I, I kind of tune out a little bit. Hmm. See, I, I like. I don't. I don't mind it so much. I, I, I do like the beast. Um, I think if they toned down just a little bit of it, if he were not, he's kind. He's kind of like. Kind of like an MMORPG character who's just way <laughs> overpowered. He's just yeah. OP to the max. Like he's super fast. He's super strong. He's super durable. You know, even even Unbreakable's main character. I mean, yeah, the guy's kind of indestructible and he is strong. But and he he has some powers. Like he's got that second sight kind of thing. But like those are it's. <laughs> It's kind of like he has one big thing and then a couple of small things, you know, whereas like the beast is just like, I mean, he's like, he's like Superman. I mean, he's got so many powers. That's the only thing that I don't like about him. I think that I think if they had made him just he's a beast, he's super fast, he's super quick, he devours people, you know, he is resilient, you know, but if you shot him with a shotgun, yeah, it would fucking kill him. I wouldn't mind seeing his, um, 
you know, the whole wall crawling thing is 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 ridiculous. I but I do buy into it strictly because like I've I've already made that that little leap that because this character believes whatever it is that they believe that they can do some of these things. But the wall crawling thing is the one spot where I do get a little lost because I'm like, no, I mean, I can understand like making yourself faster or, or, or something like that. But to, like and even maybe being more durable or maybe your pain tolerance being like higher. So things don't affect you as, as much. But being able to like literally defy gravity and crawl on the yeah. walls. It, but it is a fucking great image. It is really it is, great image. But that's but, it. But yeah, but um, but um. But yeah, like the, this is then after that we basically uh, get some more of the the this the subplot with Casey and this is where our yeah, this is the most shocking sort of instance, right? This is where it's kind of revealed to us that this is what's going on, um, and it's it's not uh, the the thing that gets me is the dialogue here. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's pretty heavy. Um, mm-hmm. And like we already know, we already know what's 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 happening, kind of thing. But it's more like let's let's play animals again. Right. And this is this is our game. Like you know, this is not the first time that this has happened, and it's it's ongoing. Yeah, and just I think the and not to like not to keep ragging like this whole scene on but the one for you know he's like he's like you, you know I'll tell your dad that you're not playing nice it's like oh fuck you dude like that's hmm. that was the one part that really wanted to make me just kick his fucking teeth through his asshole like just manipulating right. like in that way I was like oh what a fucking piece of shit man um that's that that was the one thing that really got me in the scene. I was like, "Oh god, that is so fucking disgusting, man." I mean, the whole yeah. act, but just just the using like that childlike, "Oh, I don't want to be in trouble," like kind of thing. It's like, "Oh, fuck. That's fucking it's just goddamn devious, man." It's um, it's manipulation and it's just it's the worst. But um I th- I I think the the way the movie kind of presented it was kind of clever. Um you know, it's not it's not ridiculously over the top, but it's um, it's it's uh it's, it was a clever way to do it. Uh, what did you think about uh, young Casey pointing the gun at uh, the uncle? I th- I really was hoping in the movie that she was going to blow his brains out the first time that I saw. I was like, come on! Like even if it's an accident, even if he like grabs the shotgun from her and causes okay. her to like yeah. hit the trigger, I was like, dude, I would have loved that. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, you know, that's that's kind of like what is he saying? He's like uh. What does Red say in Shawshank? He's like, I'd like to tell you that Andy fought the good fight. You know, yeah. it's like I would love it if that's the way that things were, but that's just not. I mean, ultimately for a story. But um, I, I do like I do like that it it kind of shows that Casey is she's a hundred percent aware of what's happening and she's a hundred percent not loving, not 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 liking it. Right? Like she's not. Um, she's very remorseful and regretful about every time this happens. Right, yeah, and this not not in the same context at all, but this actually did remind me of Unbreakable, where Bruce Willis' son brings the gun out and points it at him. Me too. Yeah, you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. That's kind of interesting. Um, but um, but yeah, just sprint, sprinting past uh, that, sprint, sprinting way, past that scene. Uh, um, I'm not going back to the scene. I'm going back to fucking that scene in, in Unbreakable. Fucking stupid scene. Like you need to shoot a bullet into your father to prove that he's superhuman. Just like why don't you just cut him or something? I, just, ugh, I don't know. 
Right. Sorry. Like he, you've you've seen him like lift all these weights. Like what's not to believe at this point? Uh, um, I just I, I can't with that. Yeah, I don't know. The the, the only <laughs> the only thing that the only thing that it does remind me of in Unbreakable was um, the actor that played Superman on a television show uh, in the fifties. George Reeves. Uh, he actually he was doing a promotional stunt as Superman and showed up to this kid's party or something like that, and the kid pulled a loaded gun on him and. Because he was super, because he was Superman, and he almost shot George Reeves because he was like, "Oh, you're Superman! I can just come up and shoot you, Jesus and you'll Christ. you'll live." And he was able to talk the kid away from the gun, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that's Fuck. that's kind of what that reminded me of. It was just terrifying. But um, either way, this is where you know we get the scene of all the emails coming in to Doctor Fletcher that there's obviously something very very wrong. Still doesn't call anybody, by the way. Still no, thinks no. that hey. Let me go over there by myself without any backup or protection and try and figure this out. Right. And like, dude, are you out of your fucking mind? Like, there's no way. Like, I mean, I get it. You're a mental health professional. I understand all that. And like, you do need to be there because, I mean, you don't want cops just rushing in on this guy because they're not they're not going to understand his specific case history. But at the same time, like. I mean, like, this whole thing leads up to, uh, I mean, three people, including herself, being murdered. And two of them, I mean, by cannibalism. It's like, holy fuck. Like, had you just gotten the police involved, which, I mean, you can tell right away when the, when the, when the TV reports, um, um, like when the TV reports that, you know, that, that these kids are missing, she kind of lingers on it for a second. Like, uh, something's not right here. Like, you can tell that she kind of suspects. Got, yeah, yeah. But either way, this is when she she finally – she shows up to um, – what we find out later is actually the Philadelphia Zoo, which is where uh, really kind of uh, – it's kind of like Stephen King with Maine. And my Shyamalan kind of sets a lot of stuff in Philadelphia. I believe that's his hometown. That's where it's from, um, yeah. Um, oh, poor man. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I've only been there for one day, and I, I dug it. It was kind of boring, but whatever. Oh, that's great. I've actually never been there. Um, but uh, but yeah, this is where she she sits down with Dennis, and she's uh, she's talking with him and convinces him to let him in. Um, and uh, I, I I I like the scene a lot. Um, you know where he starts opening up about uh, I had to protect him. You know Kevin's mother had devious ways of punishing a three year old, um, which is like I can only I I can only imagine like what she did to this kid to provoke 24 different like personalities like and that's one thing kevin hasn't been out since like september 18th 2014 it's like two or three years like that the real person hasn't hasn't you know come out yet it's like holy shit like what the fuck did this lady do to this kid um but and it's like whole like I, I I don't know that's that's something that I didn't really I'm glad they didn't give us like a full set of details on because we see just like little snippets of it where he's hiding under the bathtub and she's saying you know Kevin uh, Kevin Wendell Crom you know and blah 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 I was like oh my god like that's just terrifying like what the fuck did this lady do to this kid. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I love the scene, um, you know, where he's kind of flipping her philosophy on herself. You know, it talks about that there's a woman in Germany that you wrote about 10 years ago who was blind, but two of her DID personalities could actually see. Um, 
you know, and she's like, what is this, you know, what does this have to do with anything? Like, what are you talking about? And he's basically just saying, like, why can't that be possible? Like, if we believe in another personality, why can't that be possible? And it's it's it's. You know, we can agree to disagree. I actually don't mind the beast. I, I think it's kind of cool. But at the same time, um, it's only because I can buy it in that same sense of like the kids from Stevie King's It can defeat Pennywise because they believe in him. Therefore, they can believe in, you know, they believe in silver bullets. They believe in whatever it is that they use to attack him. Um that's that's the one thing that I do like the fact that they have a, a a belief in him. They do believe in him, and they think that he can do all of these things. Uh, I do think that's cool. That it's the fact that they their willpower uh, collectively is so strong that they can almost like will another personality into existence. I'm like that's that's actually kind of cool. Just because I've I've made that leap already. Like I know you're still kind of like pissing your pants over there. Like man, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but like <laughs> just just because. Ugh, I can't. I, I can't buy it. I can't buy it. I. I, I just can't buy. I can't. I can't. Uh, I've said it plenty of times. I can't buy that you. Your mental state can affect the way your body uh, reacts to things, or or what you can do with your body. Like I can't. Yeah. I I can in certain things. You know, if we're talking about people running across hot coals or. Like pain tolerance, but not you know oh, yeah, literally, yeah. literally ch- like the physiology of your body, like changing like, that. I had a um, one uh, one of the things that I thought of was the um the 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 case of Annalise Michelle or Mikkel, um, who's the 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 chick that uh, the Exorcist was based on. Um, ah, the the German girl. You know how uh, basically the demon a demon had possessed her and things like that, and her body started doing really crazy weird things. Um, so, uh, like in in that way, I, I don't because that was affecting the demon was affecting her mental state. Mm-hmm. Um, like she started floating and things like that. I guess in that way, a supernatural sort of like element is, you know, it's it's there, but it it, it kind of defies all logic in that mm-hmm. way. Right? Yeah, I I, I I see that point for sure. Mm. Um, I yeah, you know, I love that uh, as this scene goes on, he's saying, you know, all the things that you are saying, the beast is saying as well. Like, like I said, they're kind of almost on the same side, but they're also not at the same time. Like, she's aware of the potential that these people have, but they're wanting to use it in a totally, absolutely different way. Um, but she's she's very she's very for for all the like. I mean, it, she she didn't write the script. You know, we we can we can we can talk about how much we don't like her character, but ultimately, she didn't write the script, and she's you know she's playing a role that uh, that was provided you know right. provided M, M for M her. Am not write the script. Fuck you. Am not. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but this whole thing where she's talking, she's just basically she's just basically kind of like buying time. She's just falsely buying into their bullshit. I think this is so interesting and I would love to write all this down and we should have a meeting tomorrow. Yeah, I'm and really, go now. 
Right. Yeah. And she and that's that's so abrupt. I, I'm going to go now. You know, and she's just, she's just so abrupt about it. Um, but this is kind of you know what this movie kind of I don't I can't believe I just now got this and put it together. Misery. Stephen Ooh, King's misery. Like, yes. like, dude, the whole scenes of of somebody being captured and, uh, and outside sources trying to get to you and every single time you trying to escape. Like if I were writing this movie, I definitely would have sat down and watched misery a couple of times and be like, yeah. OK, how not, do I? Not do to something mention like a this. mentally unstable person is your captor. Right, yeah, absolutely. And someone that can physically overpower the people like around them, like Annie Wilkes, can absolutely overpower Paul Sheldon because his fucking legs are broken and arms, like ribs and shit are broken. Um, but basically, Dr. Fletcher comes in and sees Claire. We get it. You like Stephen King. <laughs> oh, no, we get it. You would suck <laughs> his big main dick. Um, but, his uh, big main dick. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, this is where Dr. Fletcher comes in and sees Claire in there and her worst fears are confirmed, which I, I – again, again, if you had any kind of inkling or speculation that this might be going on, which you obviously did because you, you said, oh, I have to go to the bathroom and you actually went around snooping, you knew something was up. Like, like I'm not saying you're to blame here, but you are kind of the only buffer between this – and just loose cannon and the rest of the world. Like you are s- somewhat responsible for, for the events and like what's happened. Um, especially just as things have gotten like so much worse and so much worse. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 what cracks me up is that, you know, he sprays Dr. Fletcher and he drugs her and knocks her out and drags her off. But the girls are like, we need to get out of these rooms. Start looking, start looking around your rooms for anything. I'm like, that wasn't the first thing you did. Start, well, yeah, you, start looking around now. <laughs> right. Yeah. You've been in this room for like at least two days. Like, why the fuck are you just now looking around? Oh, hey, here's a coat hanger I found 15 seconds into my search that will ultimately be the thing that releases me. I was like, holy it's shit. It's maybe bullshit. It's maybe right. bullshit. Yeah. I'm like, holy fuck, man. But um, this is great because uh, as they're plotting their escape, we've also got uh, Dennis going to the train yard. And I love these scenes of it fading to black. And it it's almost like it cut and it cuts to him. And it's like the other personality is waking up. Uh, mm-hmm. And even yep. even and it cuts to Patricia waking up. And she even says, you know, thank you, Dennis. You know, and like, oh, thank you for, you know, like sharing this with me and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I like, you know, the kind of connections, obviously, to Unbreakable with the whole train yard and stuff. I'm like, OK, that's that's pretty cool. I like that. I don't I don't really get I don't understand the whole laying the laying the flowers down and then stepping onto the train like I guess it's like a tribute kind of thing like a, if they if they kind of like see the beast as like their god or their savior um then it's kind of like their way of 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 welcoming him welcoming him to the world I think it's a, yeah, it's like symbolic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know if it was flowers for Kevin's dad, if it was like, you know, if oh. they were – because you know, there's obviously some connection between the fact that the beast comes from a train yard and Kevin's dad disappeared, you know, basically getting on a train and he was gone. Um, I don't know if it's something that – if it's something that basically – well, OK, hear me out on this. So, no. you know, no, I won't hear any of it. And you just like hang up. Um, what, would be, what would be so funny sometimes, I think, is if I was in the middle of talking and you just hung up, I would never fucking know. Like, I really wouldn't fucking know. Um, uh, but either way, basically, 
Kevin's father, you know, abandoned him or whatever happened, you know, he dies or disappears. Um, that may have been what actually caused Kevin's mom to start abusing him, which is just a theory that I had. Maybe that was the thing. Maybe she was abusive beforehand. Either way, had there been another parent there, male, female, a sibling, whatever, they would have, you know, but it was just Kevin. And Kevin, you know, obviously came up with these personalities to defend himself, to keep him from just absolutely going insane. I guess it's kind of almost like a ritual thing for them to set the flowers down and say, this is where, you know, maybe this is where Kevin's dad disappeared and he should have protected us. But now we go back to the same spot and this is where our new protector is born. That's the only thing I can think of is that it was kind of like the, and maybe I'm just kind of like grasping at straws here. But I thought it was kind of interesting because it's like, why do they go back to the train yard? Because there's got to be some type of connection there for the fact that, you know, this is, you know, this obviously Hold something for Kevin because they talk about his dad a couple of times. So I guess he does remember him and does care about him and, and thinks about him and wants to know what happened. But I guess from that ultimate loss comes like an ultimate birth of this mm. new th- of this new thing that could that like maybe twenty five years ago you know you were let down and you were disappointed and that led to your abuse. But out of the ashes, you know, rises the phoenix. Like this is where you're reborn. That's that's the only thing that I can think of. Um, and uh, that might be getting like a little too like meta and like f- philosophical but i i kind of like that that's that's just my interpretation of it that's just my opinion um but i thought that was kind of cool fuck this um, movie <laughs> fuck this piece <laughs> of shit um uh, fuck it let's go fuck it let's cover fast and the furious um yeah, let's let's watch transformers uh I, I, I'm telling you right now, I'll probably never cover a Fast and the Furious movie. I'm sorry. I just I don't think <laughs> I, can, I can fucking do it. I can guarantee you, man, Matt, at some point will. Oh, God. <laughs> leave me the fuck out of it. Um, but, um, uh, hot garbage. But, yeah, hot, hot shit. Um, but I, I, I love these scenes, especially with, uh, you know, Casey is eventually able to escape her room by using that using that pick or that key. Maybe it was a key. Maybe I, I can't remember exactly whatever what it was. It was. Not a yeah, whatever, whatever the fuck this thing was. But she's able to unlock a room. Um and go out and use the computer, which I don't know why you're not trying to immediately contact some type of emergency services over yeah, the like internet. Scream. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, this is where we start seeing like all the other personalities. You know, one's a diabetic and they have to have insulin. Uh, we have one that's like a history buff and it's just going on about um, how, you know, we should stand up against the horde because, you know, we are the majority and they aren't. Um but I love as she's watching the video of Barry, uh, which Barry's one of my favorite personalities too. I love that we kind of like, I know that we eccentric. see Barry. Yeah, very eccentric and very flamboyant. Um, but what I'm assuming is that we actually, we actually never see Barry, that it's Dennis the mm-hmm. entire time. Yep, I thought um, that too. Okay, cool. Because, but that's it. Sucks because I actually really like Barry as a personality. You know, he seems obviously the one that's most. Uh, controlled the one that's you know the one that has his uh has his head on the shoulder has his head on his shoulders the most um but yeah and this is also where we get our kind of birth of the beast which is the the taking off the shirt and it's it's like i was like dude is he about to like werewolf out like what the fuck is about to happen mm. um and it's it's so kind he, of like, immediately climbs on top of the train and like uh, and like right there i was just like okay we're about to see some fuckery <laughs> <laughs> and um, like there are dude some of these shots are really cool but like especially with the music the background music that they have um mm-hmm. 
the shot it's like a top-down shot of like of of the beast running across this street and there's like a a, a light a light pole like the shadow mm-hmm. of a light pole in the middle of the street it's fucking cool man i do i fucking love like when he takes off from the train and we're in the train and we're yes. pulling up to the emergency exit and we see how fast he's moving we're like yeah. oh shit but dude especially like you said that shot with him in the street it's like dude this guy is ghosting man like he is so fucking fast see but like um, it's, it's it's things like that man it's 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 how quick he's moving and things like that like your your body is not capable of moving that fast you know I don't I mean? know. No, I'm just. Uh, no, I. I will say there are some people that like. I mean, I. I know there. Are like, I think Michael Johnson in the early '90s. I think he was one of the world's fastest men. But I mean, he, he ran. I think uh, somewhere around like 20 miles an hour or something like that. Like ridiculously fast. No, but um, I mean, I mean, I mean, like the just the. Uh, we're, we're get, I'm falling back into it again. The the, <laughs> the 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 willpower, like like forcing your body to move that fast. I don't know. God, just it's a fucking movie, Zohab. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just get on fucking board, this, Zohab. Um, this is this is. I was gonna say this is one of the few times where we just like totally have to agree to disagree because it's like it's it's like it's like this is what happens when an immovable object hits an unstoppable uh, force. <laughs> yes, you just quoted my favorite villain. Um, but I, I I also think there's like just there's one maybe two too many shots of like the coat hanger. Hitting oh, yeah. the lock. I was like, are we we're still doing this? <laughs> Part of me is like, how do you know you're on the fucking lock? Like, how do you yeah. know you're not on the door handle and you're just like yeah. jerking the door handle around? Yeah. Um, um I do like the shot of uh, of the beast uh confronting Dr. Fletcher. I do love that as she's writing his name down Oof. on the paper and he just slides in behind her. Like, that's yeah. terrifying. Yeah, it's um, scary. And I and I do like the way he looks with all like almost like the veins kind of like scaly kind of look mm. like if we're let's just make the jump and say that this is all possible and blah 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 like I do like the way he breathes and he's just like holy fuck like it's like a frog like like as he's breathing like just like blowing himself up really big I was like mm-hmm. holy shit um, but the way he just crushes this poor woman I was like fuck man like that's because she is a very likable character she is very warm and and understanding of things you can tell she's open-minded but just like holy fuck uh her stabbing with the knife and the knife blade breaking off and just the crunch of her like dude like this is like hit like this guy the beast or whatever you want to call him grabbing someone like you or someone like me you know i can only imagine the damage that they do but to like an elderly woman like god damn dude like i can i can only imagine how (laughs) yeah like i can only i've i've done this to a couple of people i actually like i've gotten into some physical altercations before and this is just what i like if i have to do it just literally pick someone up and just squeeze them as hard as you can and i've made people just like oh god like i've made people like scream like like moan from having to do that um which is like yeah not yeah, a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> but um 
and it's not something fun to have to do, but like that's just me. Like with fighting, I'm not going to sit there and throw blows with you, dude. I'm like six four and three hundred pounds. Like I'm just going to pick you up and hold you. Like I'm not going to try to like this isn't Rocky. This isn't Street Fighter. I'm not going to try to sit here and throw jabs at you and shit. Like I just don't want to. It's like in fighting, I don't want to throw a punch and like get hit, but like I don't want to have to hit you. Like I I don't want to get hit either. Like I'm just disarming you. I'm not hurting oh, you. Yeah. You're not hurting me. I'm just disarming it. And I think that's like picking someone up and doing that. It it does make you feel like a badass because I've, <laughs> I've I've done that. I've actually. 30 second story we had a guy shoplifting beer in our grocery store I worked in and a good friend of the show Danny Hartley hey, uh, uh, we, we were we were both working together at this grocery store and he calls me up to the front and um, you know he just said you know you mind give me a hand kind of confronting this guy and uh, you know it got physical he shoved Danny which fucking pissed me off Danny and I have been best friends for like 15 something years at this point you know I was in his wedding I know him and his wife very well uh, and it fucking pissed me off man and I just grabbed this dude who was probably about 50 and I just picked him up and I felt him start reaching around in his pockets. And I was like, okay, he's getting a knife. And I just squeezed him as hard as I could. And I've, nice. I've never heard, I've never heard a grown man just like bellow like that. Like he was like, oh, <laughs> it, it was so fucking awesome. To, and also to kind of get that revenge back, be like, you fucking, fucking shove my yeah. friend, you fucking C- asshole. Come here, um, come here, cunt. <laughs> yeah, right. Anyways, um, but this is, yeah, he uh, he pulls uh, what I did to this old man. He does a Dr. Fletcher and just crushes this bitch. Um, but this is also where, um, um, I, I mean, God, just just the scenes of of him walking or, or I'm sorry, of uh, of Casey, you know, walking down once she's escaped. And she one thing that I love is, I mean, and I don't want to go by it, her getting the keys, seeing Barry's last like voice or his last like video log and seeing that the keys are under his hat. Like, oh, my God, they were there the whole fucking time. And right. like one oh. of those things. Yeah, I love that reveal. I, I really do love that. Um, but she escapes and she finds uh, Marcia on the floor, like fucking half eaten. I was like, oh, God. Um, yeah, that was but, fucked. Yeah, and then finding, you know, basically finding the beast in the middle of eating Claire. It's like, holy shit. Getting um, eaten, eaten out. Yeah, right. <laughs> if only. Um, okay, so this is the, this this prompted probably the weirdest uh, Google search on my phone ever. Oh uh, God! I typed in diseases from cannibalism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because like I was at this point, I was like, "What does cannibalism do for the human body?" Because I know you can get diseases. That's that's mm-hmm. what mad cow diseases are. Uh, Kuru disease. <laughs> um, that's apparently the most famous. It's uh, apparently the people in Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea uh, had it, and it's basically kind of like mad cow disease for humans. Um, mm-hmm. Believed to be a variant of the Crotzfeld Jakob disease. So again, this base guy, you're dead. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, your, I mean, your like intestinal tract can't handle yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> if your internal organs fail, like there is. No matter what kind of psychological defect that you have, you're you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, right. That's later as well. Like when you get shotgun shells pounded into your organs, you're fucked. <laughs> Agree to disagree. You fucker. You um, fucker. 
But yeah, I love this. You know, Casey locks the beast in the room and just seeing the lock get bent like that, like, holy fuck, like, God damn, that is that that's a that's a great image uh, of just seeing like the door swell like, oh, fuck, man. Um, but basically, yeah, we, we yeah, um, we see her find the piece of paper, you know, say his name, Kenneth Wendell Crumb, and just the shot of him. It is great imagery of him just like crawling around. It's like, holy fuck. But she doesn't. She shouts the name out and immediately we see this have this very kind of volatile reaction out of him uh and for the first time we actually see kenneth wendell crumb finally um and he's asking her like what's going on like who are you like you know and and he's fucking literally still got blood on his mouth from eating someone uh he sees he was on a a bus yeah, right. He was like, I was on a bus. Like, I don't remember what happened. He sees Dr. Fletcher dead and asks what happened, you know, and, you know, she says that you did this. Uh, and he just straight up tells her, he's like, there's a shotgun in there. There's ammo in my locker. I want you to kill me. And it's like, holy fuck, man. Like this, this actually, sad, yeah, yeah this, it's this, this, this actually got to me a little bit because it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the old, uh, old, old school story of like the wolf man, you know, like somebody who's, yeah, yeah, I was literally who, about to say. Who's like unwittingly doing these things and can't really help it. Um, but I, I I love as literally as he's saying, kill us, there's Jade who slips out. He's like, no, 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 don't do that. He can't handle reality. I'm Jade. You know, and this is this is McAvoy at his top right here. So good. Um, this, this is absolutely the best. Him shifting between the kind of history professor, Jade, uh, then he slips off into finally Patricia. And she tries to keep saying his name, but he's like, He's asleep now. You know, you can say his name all you want. And that's one thing that I thought was really interesting is that she basically she she doesn't say, you know, oh, no, you can't reach him. She's like, no, try it all that you want. Like, like do everything that you think that you can do. And it's still not going to be good enough. Like, I like that. I like when they instead of just saying like, no, 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 I can't hear you. Like, it's kind of like, no, go ahead. They're not going to hear you. Like, waste your time like that. That to me is terrifying because it's like I'm giving you the option to try that thing that you think will work. And I guarantee you it's not. It's like, fuck. Um I, but I, I love that. Um, also, one little detail that we skipped by was Dr. Fletcher, as she goes to the bathroom, she kind of stuffs that handkerchief in the lock, um, which mm, is, again, yeah. you you that means that you know something is up. Like, get the fuck out of there and call Ugh, the cops. Like, like Jesus. Um, but either way, uh, that does end up totally benefiting Casey as Casey's able to get out of the room because uh, uh, the final shift is to Patricia and Patricia shifts on to the beast. And then we're back on again. You know, the beast is just right, right on her heels. But she gets mm-hmm. the shotgun. She stops by his locker. She gets the ammo for it. Um, yeah, we get this kind of like cat and mouse chase, right? Right, yeah, and him fucking eating on her leg. I was like, oh, shit, man. Like, that's fucking brutal. Um but um, one thing that I do like is um, – and a lot of the color scheme uh, of things that M. Night Shyamalan does, um, there is a lot of like purple used, uh, purple and unbreakable for Mr. Glass, green for David Dunn. Um, it's actually slowly revealed here with Casey's character because she has so many layers on that by the time it gets down to her last like layer, it's actually green. It's actually like a green oh. tank top. Um, it's also her. I can't remember her. Um, I can't exactly remember her character's last name. I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay, uh, I've got it. Casey 
it's another C. It's like a superhero's name. Casey Cook. Yeah. Um, so you know how superhero names are both, you know, C and C or Peter Parker. Um Wally yeah, West or Yeah, yeah. Right. And that's the same thing with David Dunn and Unbreakable. That you know, that's not that's not done on an accident, which I thought mm-hmm. was really cool. Yeah. Um, but basically she gets the shotgun, you know, pulls it around and the beast is just fucking gone. Um, but then we also get these cuts back to our subplot of uh Casey's dad dying. Um, and we find out that it's just hereditary, that his father that her father had a heart attack and that her, you know, her grandfather also had a heart attack and that her uncle's gonna be quote unquote taking care of her you're gonna come live Ugh. with me um i vomit um, oh dude mouth vomit like uh like i mean definitely don't eat anything where you're trying to watch this fucking movie because uh, <laughs> just the whole thing of him you know now you're not gonna give me any trouble are you it's like oh jesus christ mm. dude like again just that manipulation of like a child's conscious or, or conscience it's like what the fuck man but um dude the shots the shots of the beast uh, on the ceiling, like knocking out the the light bulbs, the, while they look fucking awesome. Again, it's like the wall crawling thing. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I fucking love this shot, dude. Yeah. It's, it looks it's, beautiful. It looks beautiful because it's it's so scary, you know, of seeing something just slowly marching its way towards you. Mm. Um, and I love his dialogue. Uh, you know, um, you know, only through pain can you receive your your greatness or your strength. Um, and just his voice, man, he sounds almost like a southern preacher. Like it's 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 crazy because it does not. Out of all the voices, you know, Wait, I he can, sounds like you. Yeah, right. <laughs> a southern creature. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, brutes. Um, but he's, uh, you know, got this like almost like uh, religious preacher like kind of voice. Just the. Uh, you know, those who have not been torn have no value in themselves. You know, he's just he's like a he's like a religious zealot almost. Um, you know, they have no place in this world. They are asleep. It's like, holy shit. Like and he does kind of have a little bit of a southern draw, like a little bit of a southern affinity to his voice mm. that I do that I do like. Um, and I, th- I think I think is really interesting because. There are some voices that I do get, like Barry and Dennis do sound a little bit alike. I do get that. Uh, there are a couple of things that do sound alike, but this voice is so distinct. Yes, so distinct and so fucking different, uh, and I love it. Um, but this is where she's pumping those shells into him, and I mean, it it obviously does have some kind of effect on him. He's not totally invulnerable to it. Um, I could I could see it like. I mean, because she pumps them like fucking, I mean, both barrels, I mean, are literally one barrel right after the other one, point blank from five, seven feet away. Um, You're dead. Yeah. Now, I, I like, I, I will say, I mean, it fucking floors him. I mean, he's, he's. I mean, if this were, if this, if you actually had David Dunn from Unbreakable there, this would be the point that they would just start fucking whooping that ass because he kind of has to like meditate out of it. Like he, he takes a minute and he kind of like, like he kind of cools himself off and then comes up to the bars. And this is another one of the most iconic shots. Uh, And it really, really. His face. Oh, you can't even tell that it's like James McAvoy. You can't Dude, tell yeah. that it's James McAvoy, like like ripping the, well, bending the steel. It's crazy. 
Right. Yeah. And I, but I, one thing that I do like is that he does he bends the bars, but it's not just like, oh, my God, it's insanely like he just rips them apart. Like he's got to fucking work to like like get that. him to move yeah. just a little like bit. Yeah. Um, and the eyes being all fucking black. I was like, holy shit, man. Like, the, that's the awesome. In the tape. Yeah. Yes, dude. That's so great. Yeah. Um, but this is where, you know, we kind of see that she's been, you know, self-harming herself. She's been cutting herself. Um, and this is why, you know, there's just been so many layers. And, like, did you catch the things on her wrist? Uh, no, I missed that. They're, like, it, I can't tell if it's just, like, some kind of decorative thing, but there's two white bands on both of her wrists. And I'm like, um, like, is that is that, like, from a suicide attempt? Um, mm. I'm not 100% sure. They're very small, so, like, I don't really know if that's it. Yeah, um, I didn't pick up on that. I'm just looking at it now, and, I mean, I could be wrong, but I don't know. Uh, but the, but base, this, the base leaves are alone. Um, like, his whole, his whole thing is, you know, the broken and more evolved, um, so you're basically like me. Right, yeah, we're no different from the rest. Yeah, I, I, I like that whole thing, um, which is which is just great. And he just kind of leaves her alone, which is it is a. I, this is where the M Night Shyamalan twist pays off because we have a twist, somewhat. We're, we're like we've just been as the movie goes on, she slowly loses more and more of her, uh, you know, of her articles of clothing of the several that she has, and it's a great reveal. But it also ends up being the thing that, again, he almost kind of like respects it. He under he like. He's she doesn't understand what this guy is and and like obviously like what's going through his head, but there is a mutual respect that he that he has of like you you understand what I've gone through at least. You understand what the what the road was like that took me to here. And it's like, you know, philosophically, like I'm just not I'm not going to harm you because mm-hmm. you know, you you just know exactly what I've gone through. And I, I think that's great. I do think that's really cool. Definitely, kind of, definitely an aspect of the movie I liked a lot better this time around. Yeah, it's kind of like a admiration almost. It's like it's like literally like he's like admiring her battle scars in a way of what she's gone through, um, which it's I thought like was a, just it's like a, it's like a soldier acknowledging another soldier's kind of like like road and like victories and defeats and things like that. It's pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this is where we get the worker coming down and finding her, um, you know, in the cage. And our final reveal that this is uh, this has actually been in the Philadelphia Zoo the entire time, um, which is I, I mean, that that blew me away. I, I actually what I really thought that it was going to be was that this was going to be the stadium that David Dunn worked at in Unbreakable. <laughs> and I, I thought for sure because of the radio. And when you when so, she opens up Crumb's locker, there's actually like a green like mock in there and I was like dude is it going to be the same thing as like Unbreakable which would be fucking cool you know but I don't I don't know how well that would have worked did you did you know so you knew that they were connected before you started watching the movie yeah, mm-hmm, I did. Oh, okay. I had it. I had it kind of ruined for me, which I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, it was M Night Shyamalan. Uh, somebody told me it's about a guy with different power. You know, with almost like with powers. And it's like, and I think I even said, "Well, that kind of reminds me of Unbreakable." And they just went, "Well, it's kind of like in the last two minutes, you find out that this oh, okay. is the same universe." Yeah. See, for um, me, it was like it was. I found out afterwards. I like because I didn't see it. Didn't. Didn't even think, to be honest. Mm, yeah, I mean, who would? It's been 15 years. It's a yeah. kind of a – I love Unbreakable, but it is kind of a forgettable movie. You know, it's not anything that I would have thought 
would have garnered a sequel, yet alone a trilogy. But I mean, here we are. You know, I gotta say, now I'm like really into like split the the split kind of Unbreakable universe just to see. Um, because you have two physical foes, you know, you've got, you know, somebody that can actually match David Dunn physically, but at the same time, there's Mr. Glass who can't, but he's just like a, like a mastermind. Um, so I'm really curious to see that, but I love these shots as they're going through, um, as they're going through Kevin's apartment, we see all the toothbrushes. I was like, holy shit, that's such an awesome detail. That's so good. Um, and seeing all the different clothes and then being kind of like sectioned off. I, I thought that was just fucking great. Um, but yeah, and I, I love this too with the officer telling uh, telling Casey that her uncle's here and that she can go home. And she just gives her that look. And there's just this kind of silent understood silence between the two of the officers like something's wrong here like why don't you want to go home um and i think that's great the officer just picks up on it right away and i and i think I it was it. great i it's think that it's great that, yeah. that it was a that it was a female officer i think that's very important mm-hmm. because it's it it i mean if it were a male officer i think it kind of wouldn't have had the same impact um and I, I, I do think that's a great little detail that I kind of missed over the first time. I don't know why I think that's so cool, but it just makes so much more sense to me than it being like a male kind of like uh, a male kind of officer. Um, but um, but yeah, this is uh, this is where we kind of get we we're really just wrapping up and winding down where we've got our final scene with um, um, the base. Oh, God. Yeah, with the beast. I keep I keep wanting to call him Kevin, but it's not even really Kevin at this point. Uh, and I love the mirror play. It's so good. You know, we're just cutting in between those mirrors. You know, Hedwig, this is so cool. You know, and Patricia, you know, talking about what they're capable of. Uh, people are going to believe that we exist now, which is just such a good line. Uh, you know, and I love Dennis. You know, they're going to have to. Like, that's, that's so good. Um, and basically, Hedwig asks, you know, what is it that we're going to do now? And Patricia says, we trust in him. You know, that's basically it. Like, you know, like he's just our Lord and Savior. And I was like, that's really cool. It's almost, it's weirdly like the Trinity, like the three of them, like equaling up to this one, you know, big thing. It's like, that's that's actually kind of cool. Um, and of course, you know, this is where we get... Um, not even like our post credit scene, but we get the scene of them already talking about uh, the AKA, uh, you know, AKA the Horde, um, talking about uh, Kevin Wendell Crumb. Um, but I do think it is really funny when they're like uh, being called, being, you know, uh, having to do with his multiple personalities, he's being called the Horde. I'm like, no <laughs> television show would ever no. fucking say that. Like, no way. It's very comic booky. Um, I, I even, oh, dude, I do like the Unbreakable music coming in. Yes, I'm glad you caught that, dude. Mm. I, I I had to IMDb that. You like, know, I didn't. You know me, man. If it's a if it's a musical motif, I'll pick it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I love, you know, you know, of course, our last shot, a reveal of, uh, you know, the woman, you know, oh, yeah, they had some other guy they put away 15 years ago. He had a funny name. What was it? You know, Mr. Glass. And they look over and I, I, I loved it when I actually physically saw it. Like, it was I, good. Yeah, I had actually kind of forgotten about it a little bit when when I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I just think it shot exceedingly well, like having just watched Unbreakable probably in the last like. I don't know. I want to say in the last like year, I remember it very well, and I yeah. really, really like the way that Bruce Willis portrays David Dunn. And it yeah, felt- I saw it about a month ago again um, after that trailer came out. 
it, it felt seamless. Like I really felt like this was exactly where David Dunn would have been 15 years after the events of Unbreakable. And I was like, dude, I just feel like I just slipped right into Unbreakable too. Like I just, I don't know <laughs> what it was about, even just that little bit of, because you know, Bruce Willis, great actor, but he kind of plays the same guy in a lot of roles. And sometimes um, does not give a shit. Right, yeah. But I think that this is something that was, like David Dunn is very quiet. He's a very reserved person and I love that and that came across so well just in this one scene I mean, literally with one line like I could just tell you know because he wasn't you know he tells the woman you know that it's Mr. Glass blah 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 doesn't make a big deal out of it doesn't like sit there and you know go rushing out the door and change into a phone booth or something like that like he just kind of sits there and contemplates the meaning of that and he kind of understands now like well I guess I guess I'm back on the job you know and I love that I love that's the that's the beat that we end cool. with but but yeah that's fucking split um, that's fucking split man holy shit all all uh two hours 40 minutes jesus christ <laughs> this is a um, this is a heavy one but i i dug it man it was a good it was a good chat it was um it was fun to talk about it's uh i didn't um well do you want to get into final thoughts or uh yeah sure we can do a wrap up a little bit of trivia and some final thoughts and stuff oh yeah yeah sure uh, well do you want to hit us with some trivia first and we'll uh yeah, yeah, fuck it. Go right ahead. Do you have anything you want or you want me to go? Oh, I've got jack shit. Okay, cool. Just make sure. Um, Joaquin Phoenix almost played the lead role in this movie, Whoa. but they, they, could, they couldn't figure out something with his contract, um, which James McAvoy knocked it out of the park, but um, – or sorry, knocked it out of the park, not the park. Um, but I do, I do want to see – yeah, ha, <laughs> um, I, I would like to see at least an audition tape, you know? Um, oh, yeah. I thought that would have been fucking absolutely cool. Um, but this is also some James McAvoy broke his knuckle while filming this. Uh, he continued to perform the role for three days before letting on that he was injured and finally sought attention at a local urgent care. As a result, he was forced to work with an injury on the set of Atomic Blonde. I was like, wow. So it lasted him like oh, I mean, a while. That's why he's got the cast in that movie. Oh, that makes sense. Ah. He's got a, yeah, he's got a cast in that movie. So, um, yeah, man, it was... Yeah, <laughs> I've I've actually I still haven't seen Atomic Blonde. I just wasn't really. I was like, meh, okay, good movie. Um, the only thing that really got me were that they were playing uh, Personal Jesus by Depeche Mode in the uh. fucking trailer. I was like, I love, I love Depeche Mode. Um, but um, but yeah, I I actually I there's a couple there's a couple more trivia things here. I had them written down. Um, yeah, that in my Shyamalan originally wrote the Kevin character for Unbreakable, but decided to use him in a separate film 15 minutes later. Um, one thing that is really interesting is that. Um, uh, like I said earlier, a young Kevin Wendell Crumb and his abusive mother are speculated widely to be seen briefly in Unbreakable. The scene at the stadium of which David Dunn brushes past pa, uh, pro, uh, the scene at, at the stadium of which David Dunn brushes past his mother and Kevin and since the child abuse just before he confronts the drug dealer thereafter. In this movie, you learn that Kevin himself is a victim of child abuse with his mother being the abuser. You also learn that his dad left on a train. Whether he was on the same train that crashes at the beginning of Unbreakable is, amb- is left ambiguous. Interesting. Um, yeah. So there's, there's a lot of really cool shit like that. Um, 
like like uh, one thing that's really funny is that because this film and Unbreakable were produced by different studios, M. Night Shyamalan had to get permission from Disney for David Dunn's cameo, even though he mm. fucking created the goddamn character. I was like, oh, what the hell, dude? That's just um, one of those things, man. Yeah. If Sony and Marvel can fucking get over it and pull some shit together, I guess anybody can now. Um or I guess, sorry, Disney and Marvel or Disney and Sony now that fucking Disney owns everything. Um, but yeah, final thoughts. Um, I like this movie a lot. I um, I think it's so funny that literally, like you said, we're just ships in the night passing each other because I hate <laughs> I hate the beginning of this movie. I don't think it gets good till about literally, like I said, about 27 minutes in is when I was like, OK, like because, man, I'm just like I can. It's kind of like I, I'm always down for the ride of like the supernatural stuff, even if it means, you know, we're going to we're going to bend things just a little bit. In fact, I love those kind of things. I love the kind of things that are like half ass grounded in reality. And we're going to bend them like just a little bit. You know, something like Hancock with Will Smith. That's dog shit. That was a fucking terrible movie. And they don't follow their own rules in the movie. And it's horseshit. And I hate it. But something like Split, where they do kind of follow their own rules and there is kind of like a lore and a mythos to it, even though it does obviously um, bend the bend the parameters of reality, if you want to put it that way. Um, I don't mind that because, I mean, I'm, I'm just used to seeing, you know, superheroes and time travel and sci-fi stuff. And I, I can buy it just because it's not nearly as outrageous as some of the other stuff that I've seen before. Um, I, I think that the performances – thank God for the performances out of um, McAvoy and, um, and Casey um, just because, I mean, everything else – Fletcher's okay, but the two other girls I could have just totally done without. I wish they would have cast somebody maybe a little bit more prominent because they are featured pretty – pretty heavily especially in the first half of the movie and they're not bad but the just the dialogue is so clunky at the beginning of it for me um and just the just the way that they talk it's just extremely dramatic even with giving it to the fact that there are they are in like a very high stress situation and Casey's kind of going through her own thing right now I do give it kind of like that grace I do Grade it with a curve like that, but at the same time, like it's just very clunky and it's kind of hard to work out some of it. And and I, and I think it gains momentum and gets better later on. Um, but what about you? What are your What are your closing thoughts? Uh, before I get to my thoughts, I just wanted to point out um, I did post like a little um, thing on Facebook and Instagram, uh, just you know, sending out signals to the audience. Uh, well, what do you guys think about this movie? Things like that. Um, only one person commented because we were, I was kind of lazy. I only posted it yesterday. So um, <laughs> thanks to Alan Michael Pules. Uh, he says, Shyamalan's recent track record put me off seeing it, but now since I know the big secret, it's on my list. Also, Alan, wanted to send you a big congratulations your way, man. Yeah, he just announced, man. announced today that he's having a little baby Supergirl. Woo! So super congratulations, man. That's uh, fucking fantastic. Really happy for you guys. Um, in terms of this movie, <laughs> that's a, a lot. See that fucking smooth uh, segue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, look, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, I think the first time I watched it, I was pretty disappointed just because I was expecting a 
something else. I was expecting it to be a bit more grounded, a bit more realistic. Wasn't expecting it to be a part of a part of a superhero slash fantasy trilogy. Um, that being said, man, the performances in this movie are fantastic. Like you said, mainly from McAvoy, especially from McAvoy rather, and uh, and Anya Taylor Joy. Um, the only problems that I really had with the movie um, were definitely down to. Um, you know what I was talking about, basically for the last three hours. <laughs> um, just, to, just the, just the, I couldn't buy that the uh, mental could it could affect the physical body. You know, just it's just not something that I could a hurdle that I could jump over. But um, I'm a big fan of like connectivity and universes and things like that. So that after credit scene, um, especially seeing it this time around, got me hard and boned up. Um, <laughs> So I'm really excited for Glass, especially because that trailer is one of the best trailers I've seen in a very long time. Yeah. Um, Glass is out January 18, 2019. Really, really keen for that. Uh, Split was really good. Uh, As far as where it kind of like stacks up in Shyamalan's sort of uh, resume, like I said, it's somewhere, falls somewhere in the middle, but probably a bit on the higher side of the middle. Um, uh, If I had to score this out of 10... Probably a seven. Same here. I was thinking yeah. that exactly. Yeah, probably seven. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe maybe a six and a half. You know, it's mm. it's got some some okay moments for me, but it you know a solid a solid C plus or a B. You know. Also, they're they're calling this trilogy uh, the East Rail One Seven Seven trilogy. Wow, that's a fucking mouthful. I remember <laughs> seeing that somewhere, being like, "You mean you mean it's the Unbreakable trilogy? Why just fucking call it the Unbreakable trilogy? That's so much I, easier." I don't know who came up with that. I've got a source here, but I don't. Uh, you know what? I I don't even give a shit. I'm not even going to call it that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Colin, tie us off. Uh, guys, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always shoot us an email at midnightdoublefeature at gmail.com. Uh, there's also our Facebook page with the group connected to it, the after party. That's all one word, the after party. Uh, everybody's invited. You can come, talk to us, shoot the shit on there, talk about movies, post our funny memes, whatever you guys want to talk about. Um, you can also always find us on Instagram as well, which I think I prefer our Instagram, which I've said multiple times before. Um, I do really enjoy using that kind of format. It's a little bit more, I think, catered towards people with um, creative projects, whether, you know, whatever they be, whether they be film or comic books or art or, or podcast, whatever it is. Um, and, you know, you always uh, – like I said, you can always just message us just on our personal – you know, on our personal pages. It's not like we have – oh, I'm sorry. You'll have to c- contact me through my agent. Um, but you can <laughs> you can always hit us up on our personal uh, personal pages. If there's any suggestions or any kind of uh, feedback that you guys want to give us at all, always be sure to hit us up and rate and review us on iTunes and let us know how we're doing. Now, cue that fucking outro music. Music.